0: I am your host, Bay Serpent 18. Today we have kind of a crazy episode because we're going to smush in three episodes into one. Um, mash off, hold on, uh, I Kissed a Girl, and Hold On to 16. Uh, returning, and it's been a while, but it's great to have them back, is um, Kay, who is Black John Lennon on Tumblr, and uh, Carol Jane on Tumblr. Hello. Hey. Hi guys, alright, so we're gonna kick this off with mash-off, and um, opening up, we should talk just a, a quick second about um, about Hot for Teacher, because uh, even though this is the Puck and Shelby storyline that I personally yeah, don't care for. <laughs> Especially in hindsight. Ugh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: anything about Puck in hindsight
0: is is not great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: I have a thought. It's
2: not a pleasant thought, but now I have a thought. (laughs) So, we all know that, like, Ryan Murphy takes, like, pieces of what he knows about the actors and puts them in the show, and it's becoming increasingly obvious to me that maybe he kind of knew Mark was a bit of a creeper.
1: Might have. I also think this... Oh, go ahead. Didn't they do, like, uh, one of those superlative things where they... Said Mark was most likely to end up in jail.
0: That was um, on Ellen. That was post uh, um, when the show ended, and that was Leah, Chris, Darren, Cord, and, T- and and Jenna were doing the Ellen show, and they were doing those. And, and yeah, I think it was a couple of them that said that. So, and then like two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the redeeming thing about this particular um, performance is is Blaine and Blaine and Mike in oh the background.
1: The hair and the outfit Blaine has on, like... Oh, my God. To start Um, off, and then he gets on the table and dances
0: with his white sneakers, and... mm
2: -hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I love this
0: performance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what I've I've heard a lot of people say, is that, you know, I mean, the Puck stuff aside, and the fact that it's a really creepy song, and no, Will, you should not be having a student sing it in school. Um, Oh. (laughs) But it is very entertaining. Yeah, and I I really love '80s
2: kind of metal anyway. So the original version of the song I really like. Like oddly enough, when I was a little kid, I really liked David Lee Roth. It's weird, but um, <laughs> I really really liked the song to begin with. And so when I found out they're doing it, I was like, how is this gonna work? <laughs> and it was the storyline was creepy, but
1: the performance, I love it. Yeah, yeah, the dancing and the fighting with my uh the mic
0: stands. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, And a shout out We'll have to give a shout out to background Kurt And his hats As Kara Jane was saying beforehand This is the episode of Kurt's Many Hats
2: (laughs) He does wear a lot of
0: hats In this one that is true And he's really not impressed with this song either He's just like what is this (laughs) He kind of like looks um, Vaguely amused But (laughs) yeah,
1: This is where Mike um, Chanderson was born Yeah I was just going to say that Mike and um, Blaine like they, they have a few, like, dance, duet kind of um, things throughout the season, this and the disco episode. But, yeah, um, Mike Chanderson and the, the Blaine and Mike uh, friendship definitely took off
0: here. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that was kind of a background thing. I mean, it was season three, and it was kind of fun to pick out, but um, it's a shame it never really – there wasn't as much to it. I feel like it was
2: primarily – darren and harry because i know like they like i honestly feel like a lot of the background moments sometimes were more the actors so it wouldn't surprise me to find out that like dan and harry were like okay so in the background of this whole thing you know mike and blaine are like bffs
1: yeah i've noticed a lot in retrospect that like blaine slash darren he he tends to like Hug and like have fun with people. He's like friends in real life with more than like the character actually is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely see that.
1: And I I thought it was interesting that Blaine was involved in this because like they were still developing that that storyline that he wasn't really you know part of the um, new directions yet. Like he still felt like an outsider, especially with the Finn stuff that we get into six. Hold on to 16
0: Right but I think it was more of a thin thing though Because he really And Santana Oh well kind of I guess yeah, yeah. Um, But it was in, integrated uh, Blaine was integrated into the boys uh, Pretty quickly Because he does become uh, like Whenever the guys have a scene Blaine is pretty much there throughout the rest of the yeah. season But yeah Alright so we can move on into It's got to be one of the best Kurt outfits Ever, um, So Bert is <laughs> decided, has decided to run for Congress against Sue Of course this pisses Sue off And she makes a really ridiculous um, promo About Bert having a uh, baboon heart And Kurt is understandably upset And he goes to talk to Sue And he is wearing um, what Chris Colfer tweeted As Princess Leia's Return of the Jedi costume And not the okay. gold bikini So <laughs> I think the gold bikini might have been better. <laughs> it would have definitely oh. showed more skin. Who <laughs> calls
1: him Yasser in the, in the scene? Like Yasser Arafat?
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is probably one of my least favorite Kurt outfits of oh, all it's, time.
0: it's really bad. It is so awful. It's right,
2: up, it's right up there with Blaine's giant pink bow tie from I Am Unicorn. Oh, my God. <laughs> I
0: think it's... it's
1: uh. A very loud shirt and then like he he puts it with the the turban and it's just like oh my god the leather turban it's like
0: it's a lot inventive
1: use new
0: uses for leather <laughs> when i posted <laughs> my I meta i went and i grabbed the still and i'll post it for the the well, i'll repost it um it does look like Princess Leia's outfit in when she was with the Ewoks during Return of the Jedi. It's I don't it even really does. the only thing that I um, that I could come up with is I know at the time a lot of people wanted some kind of this episode comes after the first time and we get no follow up and mm-hmm. so there was commentary that Kurt is covering himself up just because you know he's being more intimate with Blaine but he feels like he needs to cover up more. I'm not entirely and sure. And
2: yeah, I was gonna. He's, he's covering up hickeys is what he's
0: covering. <laughs> Which is great. I, I mean, he looks like he bruises like a peach. So he's just covered. <laughs> so he's covered now. So that that's our meta analysis there. Um, I really don't know. Season three is interesting in that they really experiment with Kurt's clothing a lot. That you've got some of these really really outlandish costumes, and then you've got way toned down very masculine costumes and it's it's kind of interesting that there's this different dichotomy
1: i, I feel wonder like if it's like for uh chris to go in every date and see like oh god what am i wearing today <laughs> like or i'm for, sure it's mortifying in the, uh costume fitting and like opening it up and like oh you have got to be kidding me i can imagine the
0: gold lamé <laughs> <May> pants
1: fitting <laughs>
0: <laughs> poor kid oh i know <laughs>
2: um I was gonna say that I feel like from this point on, you get a more masculine side of Kurt's wardrobe. Yeah, particularly after he gets to New York. Yep. Yep.
0: So after the first time. Well, after the first time, it's like in it, season three, it ping-pongs. You get some really crazy outfits, and then you get like the the, lo- the start of the vests and um, the the tight pants, and just. I don't know, I even get a couple of hoodies here and there Um, mm-hmm. so Yeah, it'll be interesting to see as we go through Uh, more to the point of the scene Um, Sue is telling Him that he needs to Pick a better subject, or like get down and Dirty if he wants to win the the election And he wants to take the high road And he's not gonna do that, so Um, yeah, that's where we're at With the election stuff Also Brittany is, cause Brittany is offering At this point topless Tuesdays, which is Really kind of ridiculous, but
2: you know, you'd think at some point an administrator would step in. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you guys <laughs> a true story. Not in Let me tell you guys a, a true story. So when I was in high school, there was a guy who was a couple of grades higher than me. His name was Arian White, but he was Black. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was running for um, class president for, I guess, he was a senior. I think I was, like, a sophomore or freshman. And he made posters that said, a vote for the white man is a vote for the Aryan race. Which everyone, he was very popular everyone knew that he was black that was a joke but the administration was like oh hell no <laughs> and made him pull those posters down and i was like and that was just like just being funny because he knew you know he was being ironic and i'm yeah. like at some point <laughs> you would think that mckinley would be like okay brittany you can't promise topless tuesdays we'll give you literally anything <laughs> but we can't do that <laughs>
0: Um, there's, you know, the other thing this kind of starts is this trend that is kind of stuck in season three where this Kurt is, is altruistic, the right word? He's overly taking the high road, like to the point of illogical thinking. Like here, it's not too bad. He does, I mean, it's an election, he wants to play it straight. But when we get into, like, Michael and, you know, I'm not sure if I'm on that podcast, but I have a rant (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) save.
2: Jesus Christ. Around the Blaine fandom, Michael is referred to as the episode that shall not be named Uh, for that very reason. But, you know, what? a lot of fandom didn't think that Kurt was doing enough because I remember they were like, well, why hasn't Kurt stepped in with Finn? And why hasn't Kurt told Finn off for outing Santana? Like there were people who really wanted Kurt to be like super social justice Kurt but
0: it was really starting to get to be a lot. Well, and the problem that we've talked about this a little bit um, on some of the other podcasts, one of the problems coming into season three is that they started to take Kurt and make him Rachel's sidekick. So all of Kurt's storylines that were not involved with the romance side of Blaine um, ended up being a prop for Rachel's storyline. You know, Kurt gets a great thing. Rachel gets a bad thing. Rachel gets a bad mm-hmm. thing. Kurt gets a good thing, and it goes through this trend. They're like intertwined through the whole season of season three. So that might be part of it. Um, the other part I of else, it. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I also wonder if
2: because I feel like so we're coming off of season two, which is honestly, you know, everyone kind of regards that as like Glee's peak season. Like that's when everything really came together. But for people who are really watching the show, you can also see that. There were trends started in season two that they tried to carry on into the later seasons that didn't really work. And one of the most successful aspects of season two was Kurt's storyline with the bullying and Kurt being this kind of, like, figure of, you know, that, that PSA kind of aspect of the show. Right. And I think they got really heavy-handed with that, especially with regards to Kurt's (coughs) character. Yes. When it came into season three, like, Kurt being the moral center of the show for me at times kind of stripped his character of what makes you like him in the first place. And that's the fact that he is flawed. And, but you can be flawed and also kind of stand up for things. And sometimes they took away those flaws to make Kurt the moral center of everything. Right. If that makes sense.
1: Well I, I think he has a very strong like moral compass that he follows. Like and he feels like he has to follow. Um, but, I mean, you see it later in, um, the, and I Kissed the Girl, um, he's the one that comes up with the idea of, of stuffing the ballot boxes, like, even though he won't do it, like, he still has these ideas, he, he, like, but he, he knows right from wrong, like, and, or he has a sense of right for, from wrong, like, I don't know, like, to Bring up the Michael thing again, like whether that was right or wrong,
0: but like no, and I think you're right. I think the writing is really what's going on here. You know, I think that a lot of these times, all of the characters have had um, kind of inconsistencies, and while Kurt is relatively consistent, um, there are still little things they make him a little too perfect. Sometimes I don't even say perfect because it's not perfect, but it's a little bit. You know, taking the high road, and um, I, you, I think you're right. It's because they wanted somebody to be the high moral center of of the show, and because of the, you know, a lot of it stems from the bullying stuff in season two. But it, it, it kind of, uh, you know, it, it unfortunately is a drawback on the character during season three. I think during season. Not so much for because they were kind of ignoring Kurt altogether. But when you get back into season five, it starts to feel more like Kurt again. It, and not that any a lot of this stuff doesn't. There's a lot of really Kurdish things in this season. But, um, yeah, it sometimes them trying to make a point was all, sometimes at the detriment to the characterization. So, mm. um, kind of going to the Blaine thing real quick. I think that, you know, we talked about this in the first time stuff, that, it was the first time that Blaine had scenes outside of Kurt. And I think some of the stuff that they started doing with Finn and other things, um, they were trying to get Blaine to be his own character without Kurt, even when it didn't necessarily make sense that they, you know, weren't. And then in addition, oh, oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, it worked better in season four. Yeah. You know, giving Blaine stories outside of Kurt, because it doesn't, if you're, Gonna give Blaine a story outside of Kurt, it probably shouldn't involve Kurt's brother. Right. <laughs> because well, at some point and yeah. I wonder what it and must I, have been like at the Hummel House at this point, because you've got Finn can't I, stand Blaine. Kurt and Rachel start are fighting over the selection thing. I'm sure Rachel's there all the time, Blaine's there all the time. Bert and Carol must have been
0: like pulling their hair out. Oh well, you know, at this point Kurt was probably spending a lot of time at Blaine's house cuz you know Blaine's Blaine's parents. Yeah. <laughs> and um
1: I, I think we should talk more about the the Finn Blaine um and and in like I I feel like Kurt's involvement like just the way he reacts later in the um hold on to 16 episode I have some comments about it. There. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, we'll get through everything. I'm just kind of going chronologically through the episodes. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I think uh, the, with was season three, I, I really think the beginning of season three is the messiness. Even if the end of season three, we got all tired of Finchel um, beginning of season three is really messy. It has got a lot of storylines going on. What they were trying to do, I think was service all of these characters, but at the same, you can't, I mean, there's just so many of them that it doesn't necessarily work. So I think everyone got really choppy, storylines or storylines that didn't quite work or there's just a lot of bad storylines going on so I I think it was just kind of a mess I would
1: I would argue at the same time like if you like one or two characters and you watch for those two characters it could seem like really really choppy but like if you like the show and like like, all of the characters, it's, it's really nice to see all these different storylines coming up. Because, like, I love Mike and Tina. And, like, Mike gets a storyline for the first and last, probably, time <laughs> in the show. And okay. uh, Tina gets to follow in on his storyline. I'm a big
2: um, fan of, the, of episodes that have more of a, an ensemble story. And I think that they work better when they decide, okay, this is the theme of the episode— And then they find a way to make that fit all the characters. Perfect examples. My two favorite episodes in general period are silly love songs and guilty pleasure where they said, okay, this episode is about a thing. Now here's all of the characters interacting and their storyline is all about this one thing as opposed to, okay, well, this person's doing this over here and that person's doing this over here. And this character's got this going on here. And, you know, it was all of the characters interacting. Everyone has a piece of story but it's all about a singular
0: topic and less
2: mishmash.
0: All right. Well, getting back to mash off, um, we have, um, Shelby and will are singing a song together and I'm just, it's just background moments. I just think it's interesting because Kurt, I don't know why they staged him like this is so far in the back. He's literally sitting on the ground, way on the back of the stage, not being seen. I'm like, what in the world? Why is he so far back out of camera range? I don't know. And, and Um, Blake, Blaine's wearing a hat. Blaine's wearing a hat. He looks. <laughs> it, he looked. Darren Chris looks like his dad. There's a picture of Darren oh, Chris's dad a that looks. Hat. Oh my yes. god! Yes.
2: yes. This is. This is also where people started. The Blaine
0: can't clap. Oh, because he does the little clapping. <laughs> the little. To this day, I don't get it. That was a choice oh on god. Darren's. Darren.
2: Yeah, it was a mannerism he chose for for Blaine. I
0: don't know.
2: I don't know why it was, but everyone's like, "Oh my god, Bling can't clap!" And I was like, "What? What? What are you guys okay. talking about?" But I love Sugar in this one. Yeah, she's fun.
1: <laughs> she has a lot of cool background moments.
2: Yeah, she really, like, really took advantage
1: quit. of those background moments. Diane, Diana had so much fun playing her in the
0: the Switch the episode. episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, she lucked out. She got a fun
0: one. Yeah poor rory and uh and sam switching was like <laughs> okay, okay well, well, like- anyway <laughs> um more backgroundy moments there this is also um they are and like, this more hats actually in this i don't even remember what's going on in the scene except for wills talking but at the beginning of it i mean we had in the first season it continued in the second season kurt looking out this, the windows and chris had made a joke about <laughs> like, like he was seeing a ghost or something and in this one, you have Rory, Kurt, and Blaine looking out the windows, and then they turn around, and Blaine helps Kurt down, and it's like <laughs> adorable. It is. Is this where Kurt's dressed like he's got
2: like a he's horse? Going, yeah, <laughs> he's got like his horse is waiting outside for him. He's
1: got the horse helmet on, like the riding helmet, and like chaps, and <laughs> um, it's, I think this is like. This is one of the roots for. Have, have you seen like in fandom? There were a lot of fan fiction about Rory is the time traveling son of Kurt and Blaine. Oh my god! That was another thing that I was like, okay, I, <laughs> why, I don't yeah, know why okay. that was a
0: thing. but Okay,
2: <laughs> I was like, why is their kid Irish?
0: Chris and well, Chris is Irish.
1: It was a fake accent. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, super it's just okay. fan fiction. <laughs> no, it was explained. Oh, fake. oh, it was fake. Yeah. Oh, oh, and and sugar, sugar was the daughter of uh, Santana and Brittany. But like, and they came Naya, back together. <laughs> Heather,
2: Naya, Heather, Heather, and Vanessa really played that up though. Yeah, posting pictures that. on Twitter where it looked like you know Vanessa was like swaddled and they were holding her <laughs> and rocking her. Like, they really went to town with that one. I, I remember. I missed the those days. Yeah. Of the cast and their interactions on Twitter before they got sick of each other or whatever happened.
0: Chris is Irish, and obviously Damon McGinty is, and they do look a little bit alike, so I kind of see it, but... And Darren's half Irish. And Darren's half Irish, That's true. So, but at the same time, I'm like, I, this is one of those fan things that I'm like, okay, I don't get, it. we're just gonna go ahead and keep going, yeah. so. Fans have fun, okay? All right, yeah. <laughs> um, also in the scene, though, is the one of the times where uh, Finn is like, yeah, let's all, you know, be awesome together, and we're going to give the new guy a solo. And Blaine thinks it's for him, but it's not. It's for Rory. And or, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's another passive-aggressive moment from Finn yeah, to yeah. Blaine. Yeah, <laughs> being really yeah. petty.
1: Finn says give the new guy the solo, and Blaine's smiling, and it's like, Rory, give it a chance. And Blaine... Blaine is really gracious, he's like, yeah, that's a great idea Thanks for thinking of it, Finn And Finn gives him, like, this Like,
0: smug or Something look The thing that kind of bugs me I kind of, like, if you're gonna have this actual Try and do this actual tension between Finn and Blaine Like, develop it It was not developed, it was just kind of these Random, passive-aggressive moments from Finn That were like, okay Like, what in the world is You know, why, you know
2: and, like, out of nowhere, because this is a guy who's been inseparable from Finn's brother literally for, like, a year at this point. Yeah. So it just seems yeah. very much out of nowhere.
1: And the resolution is very, very quick, too. Like, it's, like,
0: turnaround. Yeah, we'll get to that when we talk on yeah, uh, the third yeah. episode, yeah. Um, the next scene is um, the dodgeball scene, and we start off with Wait, wait, I, I love when Finn brings it up, like, he's
1: trying to trash talk Santana in the hallway, and he's, and then he's like, you meet, uh, your group, our group, meet in the gym at 3.30 after school, and she's like, are you suggesting what I think you are? And we're like, fight, 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 right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I am. Right? Dodgeball. Is ball. This the t- I think
2: that might be the one time Rory... This might be the one time Rory made me laugh when Finn is arguing with Santana and Rory tries to get in and he goes, you're skinny. Like your family doesn't have any crops or something like that. (laughs) And for some reason, the way that he delivered that line, it is the only time Rory has ever been funny to
0: me. I was just like, what? Um, So before we get into the dodgeball stuff that we have this Rachel Kurt scene and they're in a fight because Rachel decided to run for class president so he's kind of... Kurt is kind of ignoring her. And she's all upset about this. But she's trying to small talk. And then she's like, I really miss you. And Kurt's just like, go away. And, you know. Yeah.
1: And he's not wearing a hat. He's he not. He's got a headband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also...
2: I'm going to get into my neata rant at various points for the rest of the series. But my thing is, I don't understand why they're acting like Kurt has nothing. He is in a national championship winning... Okay, not yet. But they've won their sectionals or whatever. That's not nothing. Well, and is the, the Charity stuff... national championship
0: winning Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't know if you... I'm not expecting anybody to read my meta, but I'm sure those people that have, knowing that I am a very, very big Kurt fan, has has huge problems with the Yotta. and <laughs> I'm like, why? This the whole... Uh, but whatever. We'll save yeah, most
2: of that car. for... I'm sure we will have our Neata rant. Yeah, I like, mean, like, we'll save most of that for,
0: for later, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we get in the dodgeball. I love this mashup. I think it's fantastic. I think they sound great. I think it's a brilliant mashup of songs. And it, It's true. It's one of the best mashups in this series, I
1: feel. And, like, the, the scene of it, like, it looks like they're having fun. Oh, yeah. Like, like they had a uh, b- behind the scenes film. Uh, clips, and they were just having fun. And, Didn't Darren get hurt? Like, yeah, his knee got hurt.
0: Kevin rolled over his butt with his wheelchair.
1: But there's yeah, also, like,
0: like, picture of him with, like, ice on his knee. Oh, maybe, rent. it was something with the wheelchair. Like, somehow yeah. Darren managed to get his body contact with the wheelchair. Yeah, that that's a fun scene until the, until
2: the very Until end
0: the it. very end, and this is just this is my, okay, so I go back and forth on Santana. Sometimes I really like Santana. Sometimes I don't, but this whole beginning part, and we'll probably get more into it in the next episode. I can't stand her during these first eight episodes of this season. She's so mean to the point where there's no redeeming qualities. She's just mean. And I get that there's the whole, like, um, the whole closet lesbian thing, but you can do that storyline and still have the character be more sympathetic. Like this, Exactly, I was gonna say that she's cruel at
2: this point, point. and it's like yeah. Santana has never is never was never gonna be a nice character. But the the point is, and I forgot who a stand up comedian has said this. I can't remember who it was, but they're like the the if you're gonna be mean, it has to be funny. Yeah, and they had that with her in season two. They get it back in season four at some point, but in season three, she's just. Cruel, and that I don't. It's hard for me to root for anyone, you know, in the situation because Finn's being unnecessarily cruel to Blaine, which Santana does call him out for. But he doesn't deserve the cruelty he's getting from Santana. But Santana being cruel doesn't mean that, you know, doesn't. You know, it's hard not to feel sorry for her when he out there But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, you were really mean. You pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed.
1: Yeah, and that's that's with the the trouble tone scene which is the next scene where like, they're really, they're saying like, you know, it was, it was fun to do that, but like we want competition. We don't want to like be mean. We don't want to. And then Brittany
0: says, stop the violence. Well, and I think (laughs) the I mean, I mean, worry has got to be on my top 10 least favorite characters of this entire show, but for them to just plummel all these dodgeballs at him, it's just awful. I just hate it. His nose bleeds. Yeah. Well, and then okay, so then we get Kurt who stands up for Rory, which is great, but at the same time you're like, okay, this is like again getting into Kurt being, you know, I'm glad he's got such a kind heart, but ugh, Kurt doesn't can't be the only one who stands up against bullying all the time. So.
2: Yeah, and this uh, is when pe- people started referring to him as Saint Kurt. Yeah. It, yeah, it was, but yeah, there it would have been nice to get that dialogue from someone else. Because I find it hard to believe that anyone in the Glee Club would just stand by, and let that happen. You know.
0: Well, they needed if the him
2: whole group to come together,
1: or if it already had said something, literally anyone else could have worked. Well, they needed him to like get that new platform for his speech later.
0: The thing, though, is I now now that we're way past this stuff and I'm watching with, you know, in hindsight, whatever, I can appreciate the trouble tone stuff a little bit better. But because of Santana's just meanness, I didn't like any of the trouble tone stuff for a long time. Um, I appreciate Mercedes getting a story much better now. But, um, yeah, at the time, I didn't want to like I just couldn't stand the trouble tones.
2: I can't say that I blame you. I was—I mean, my main draw for the Troubletones was definitely, you know, it being a vehicle for Mercedes to get the spotlight that she felt she deserved. And so I was kind of bummed that Santana's cruelty was linked to the Troubletones in that way.
0: Yeah. So um, we get to skip a bunch of this episode, which is kind of nice because a lot of it has to do with Finn and Quinn, and not Finn and Quinn, Quinn and Puck, and the baby stuff, and whatever. Um, yeah. We get our next mashup, which I, I it's not my favorite. It's the Hall and Oats mashup. Can we talk about the
2: suggestions of the artists that were being made before Ben decided on Hall and Oats? Yeah, go for it. Because I, I don't remember exactly who, but I know someone suggested Spice Girls. Right, I think it was Kurt yeah. Who was the other one? Uh, can't, oh my god, I might just look completely blank.
1: Lane suggested The Police.
2: Yes, I think did someone suggested
1: Hanson? Oh, maybe. I don't remember. That would have been cool, actually. Cause the police would have been awesome, too. Hanson, like, their songs, like, I always, like, start singing one and turns into the other because they sound exactly the
0: same. I only know Mbop, but I, that's the only Hanson I Mbop Hansen and Where's song the Love. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's, They're fine. I kind of love that we get to see Blaine uh, without hair gel. I mean, no, it's Darren without yeah. hair gel, but it's most, I don't.
1: No, this makes everybody has wigs except for him.
0: You know what? Because this this kind of hair. makes the prom episode a moot point now, now that I think of it. Well, it's not that he's not wearing hair
2: gel. It's it's he's got product in his hair. Oh yeah. Trust me. As a curly haired person oh, yeah, he has yeah. a shit ton of product in his hair when he's wearing it like that. Um so whereas at prom he's got nothing. And that natural curl pattern when your hair air dries is a complete disaster, speaking from experience. And I look like little orphan Annie when I let my hair air dry. It's, it's, it's horrible. But, um, this is just, I love listening to this mashup of watching it. I can't. Oh my God. Because when they're coming mustaches. out and they're trying to, the <laughs> mustaches. And then like, I love Chris, but him and Damien can't even do that. walk, like kind of walking out to the beat. Like how can you not do that part of the choreography? It's literally the easiest part. And it's, <laughs> but the girls look so beautiful. I love the way the girls look in this mashup.
0: I'm going to say this and I preface this with anyone who challenges my Kurt fan status. I will take them on. I love Chris to death. He's not the greatest dancer and he usually kind of sticks to the dances that he knows. And this is this particular one is a really prime example of he kind of just does his own thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's just yikes. And, (laughs) I just, I'm like, I love Hall & So I'm a, I was like, this kid, why? Why did they have to dress like,
0: like Hall & Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's there. Okay, so then we get into um, the uh, speeches at, for the election. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs>
1: tornadoes. Tornadoes are a blight, and I will... Get rid of them.
0: <laughs> I love that Kurt has his unicorn, his little unicorn hat. Oh, this does have a lot of hats, and it doesn't. And Kurt has his little <laughs> unicorn hat. <laughs> um, you know, I am all about Kurt standing up to bullies and doing a platform of bullying and promising to make the school a better place. But trying to use a ban on dodgeball is a little
2: misguided. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask a question because I didn't go to a regular high school. So my the PE options were tennis, dance, or team sports. Okay. Does Do people really play that much dodgeball in high school? I honestly have not played since elementary school.
1: Yeah, I
0: only played it in elementary school. We never played it in high school. I didn't have... Like the gym stuff in my school was a, a little bit like I only did freshman gym and that was, I never had any other gym, but my gym, we were such a small school that they were like, you know, play basketball for 10 minutes. I mean, it wasn't a, we never played dodgeball. So yeah, I don't know, I, but it was definitely, think, oh, go ahead. I think I played it once in high school. I remember,
1: um, I, I think I, I remember because like, it, it might have been middle school, but still, um, I was the last person left on my team because I was really good at the dodging part, and none of my other team members obviously were. So, and But I wasn't good at the, like, getting other people out part and throwing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> shit
2: I've either. been wondering this for years, because even on Buffy, they did not, But then again, it was also a bullying like, type of episode. So I'm also, like...
1: Also, in my, in my um, school, like... Nobody gave a crap about gym or like being the best at sports and gym. So like there wasn't really any, like we're going to get there. We're going to win this. We're going to like hit everybody with
0: balls. And I think that the, the way the game is set up and the violent way the game is played sets it up to be a good bullying metaphor for television I don't necessarily think people play dodgeball that much, yeah. um, especially to the maybe amount that Kurt wants to ban it. But maybe the guys' classes play it more. I don't know because not that I we know were, of. We were already,
1: always split into so. See, I when I was in high school,
2: did. our PE classes were were mixed; they were blended. Yeah, way we had girls too.
1: We we had mixed. They uh, only mixed us for ballroom slash uh, uh, square dancing. Interesting. Oh my God, your school taught square dancing? We had a unit of of square dancing slash ballroom dancing. It, it was ballroom dancing like the last year, but it was square dancing from second what grade up. state was this? New York. Upstate
0: New York. This is amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> Midwestern schools. I mean, I'm, I'm, I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, no, we do not have that kind of stuff.
2: I huh. went to a performing arts high school in LA, so it was like... We had regular PE, but you could. I took tennis for freshman PE, and I took dance for sophomore PE because I was done playing, act, like basketball, for an hour every day. So, but our even our dance PE, we did not learn square dancing. That was
0: amazing. We should have done that. That would have been awesome. I think awesome. that should be a PE thing. But that's just, I always right? played.
1: Uh, they always played Shania Twain's "Man I Feel Like a Woman." When we were getting lined up for getting partners, all the girls would line up in one line and the guys would line up in the other. And we'd like walk to the middle and then
0: out with our new partner. I feel like I've been deprived. Okay. So getting back to the episode though, we have Kurt's speech about, you know, and his heart's in the right place. And I do love that, but I wish that they hadn't gone with banning dodgeball as his platform. Yeah. Um, but you know what I really also love in the scene? You get um, Blaine's in the in the in the crowd, and just the look on his face as, oh, Bert, wow. as Bert as Kurt is talking about bullying and anti-bullying, and just how with him he is, and just adoring oh, wow. and. Uh. And you know he's yeah. been there. He's been bullied too, and so he's definitely like I'm right here with you. And one
2: could say he's kind of getting bullied now. It doesn't have to be physical. Well, what Finn's doing to him
0: is very pointed. You know what's really funny? He's sitting next to Finn in the scene.
1: Yeah, I noticed that too. Like, he keeps trying with Finn. He does. Well, and it's funny, he Bert
0: just, is there,
2: but. We're going to be related one day, Finn, so you might as well just like <laughs> me now.
0: Like, where's. I don't think either of them are sitting next to Bert, though, because Bert's there. I have to. I'm trying no, to find that.
1: Bert is sitting with. Um, um, Will. Uh, Will and Emma, yeah yeah they're not sitting anywhere uh, are near each other other, other b- speeches though because like i mean we already mentioned like britney going topless on tuesdays after her rant against uh, tornadoes <laughs> <laughs> but then with rachel's speech uh, i mean she withdraws but she's like i ran on a platform for book covers
0: what does that and, even like, mean <laughs> book covers really
1: rachel
2: just yeah. get your Whole Foods paper bag <laughs> and turn it into a book cover. Making that mandatory, maybe? Is that what <laughs> Like see, that was already mandatory when I was in school, but okay. Yeah,
1: yeah me so too. Quickly. Well, it was mandatory at the beginning of the year to cover it and then by the end of the year, like nobody cared. But we we wouldn't like we would get docked a grade if we didn't have it covered like in the first week. But the, yep, the yeah same.
2: It was and like, then some people had, okay. had fancy bags with handles, so their books had little handles.
0: Aw. Interesting. We were never, we, nobody cared if our books were covered or not, so I, I
1: used, like, I used That's the uh, comics, you had a book. the comic section of the newspaper is the cover, so it's like comics.
0: Um. So, yeah, Rachel decides to drop out, and Kurt is to join Kurt's side, which is a little too late. I know that I I really don't think that she had any sway one way or the other. Um, nah. Nobody's going to vote for her anyway. <laughs> That's a nice thing. So, after this, though, we get the makeup of um, Rachel and Kurt where basically he forgives her and they become BFF again. I love that
1: she, uh, uh, Rachel as a character says, I'm going to hug you now. Like, she says it like, all the time. And I I I just like that, like that she announces it. That like it's very, she's a very careful person, like,
0: in that way. And I like, like
1: it too. No. I think it's a, I think
2: it's a cute little touch to the character. Is yeah. this?
0: I and I, I feel bad because I didn't watch it beforehand. Was this? Is this the scene though where she says for the first time, "I can't go out to New York without my best gay"? I don't
1: think it, she said.
0: No, I think I don't so. Think says I know
1: best she said gay that it, in it though. No, I know I, she has said it, but I can't remember if that's. I think that end of the season or. Yeah, I think that's um choke or no, when they get the the letters. Goodbye. I think here she said like I I I really miss my best having you as my best friend. Well, that's
0: in this one. Is she? I'm trying yeah.
1: to like. I don't, I don't think she said best gay in this one.
0: I'll have to figure it out. I'll At get back to you. But... I just
1: yeah that's. Yeah, that's, that's a, like, Rachel, really? You were raised by two gay gay men, and you are, like, that clueless?
2: I mean, she was raised by a black man, and she still has said horrible things to Mercedes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh,
0: but, yeah,
2: I get it. I'm like, come on. I
0: don't know. But I do like um, Kurt's line about frown. Uh, I can't frown anymore because it gives me scowl lines. <laughs> Oh, Kurt, you're so young, don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, of course he's going to worry about it. Oh, she does say something (laughs) about um, (laughs) uh, him being pasty, though, and that's when he's like, okay, let's let's stop before you go too far. (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to think, scrolling through this. Okay, so yeah, we don't really get anything else except for... um, the only other thing noticeable in this particular episode that we might touch upon is the end where um, there's the ad that comes out from a third party about Santana being a lesbian. And that's kind of how she's outed. And then we get, which is arguably the best mashup of the show, which is. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
2: And wasn't this their, like, 500th musical number or something like that? It was their,
0: No, it wasn't that far yet. I don't think. 200th? No, because it was maybe three or four, but they only had about seven hundred, and this is half. Okay, so then I was in five. Yeah,
1: five hundred was in the five hundred episode. Uh, in the
0: hundredth episode. Oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. No, so they
1: didn't. They have an episode called five hundred. No.
0: No, I think
1: oh, shout. Was shout was, oh. was yeah. Shout was five
0: hundred. That was in season four. So yeah. this must have been two hundred. It was a special.
2: Or
1: something one.
0: Like that. Like,
2: it was. Like, yeah, I remember they had plaques and every cake and everything.
0: Wow.
1: That was gorgeous. Oh, my
2: God. It really
0: was. And, yeah, and Mercedes and, and Santana have always sounded really good together whenever they do something. So so there's a yeah. moment in
2: this performance where uh, Mercedes kind of pauses and looks to Santana and then keeps singing. And I've always kind of wondered if Santana was supposed to have taken the start taking over singing at that point. And that was like she did. She was too shocked, and so Mercedes kept going. Do you know
0: what I'm talking, I'm talking about? about? I do. I know. I thought it was just a, a, a dramatic pause where she, because I don't remember the line, but I thought it had to do with the lyrics, where whatever they were sa- singing really resonated with Santana. Well, God, but for the life you. of me, I don't remember what it was, so.
1: So I'm not really, like, I don't know Adele very much. What was the the mashup of It, it was Rumor Has It? Rumor Has It and Someone Like You. Someone like you. So for me, like, this is my only real knowledge of this song. Like, I don't know this song very, either songs very well. So, like, I'd probably be really surprised if I heard either song without the other. See, and we actually (laughs) had
0: Adele's, um, I think this is off of 21. Um, It is, yeah. And um, we had it as an in-store play. So we were... I just got really sick of it. Now, Adela is fantastic. She has amazing voice. She has amazing songs. But we heard these the songs literally like every day for like yeah. a year. So I got really sick of it. <laughs> and
2: I have the album Twenty One, and this mashup is so like stuck in my mind that if I like if I hear like when I go to karaoke and someone sings "Rumor Has It," I always start singing along, and then my head goes directly to this mashup. To mm-hmm. the point where, like, I can't hear the two songs separately without starting to sing the other one. Yep.
0: All right. So that kind of wraps up Mashup. Um, but Mashup is kind of a cliffhanger and leads directly into I Kissed a Girl. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I. I hate this episode. This episode is awful. <laughs> this yeah. I hate it. The one of the worst episodes. Like, okay. So I've been doing my rankings. This was at three from the bottom because only Sue Sylvester. The rise and fall of Sylvester and the Spanish teacher, I think, were worse. But when it comes to quality of an episode, I think that this was uh, the messiest, worst storylines, just awful episode that they've ever done. So this is at the bottom of my ranking as well. It's
2: definitely, definitely, really, like, really, really low for me.
0: And I would, I mean, I wish, I kind of wish I we had a, a really big Santana fan, um, because. I, like I said, I don't hate her, but I'm not thrilled with her in this part. But I do think that she deserved a better coming out story than this. I think it was just, ugh. And they made her coming out more about
2: Finn than about her. Exactly. You Kurt know? got this lovely coming out scene between him and Mercedes. It was very sweet, very emotional. You know, it really cemented them as friends. Yeah, this is third from the bottom for me on my ranking. It's the Spanish teacher pot of gold. Then I kiss the girl. But yeah, Kirk got this beautiful coming out scene. And then um, Santana gets this. Yeah. So
0: we'll get into it a little bit. Um, One of the big things, like, and we don't want to spend too much time talking about Santana, but um, it starts off. It really is about Finn and about how Finn, I don't want to say saves her, but like tries to make the world better for her because he is the first person. They make a big deal about it because Santana and Finn slept together once, which didn't mean anything, but apparently to Finn it meant something because it's your first, and I hate that rhetoric. I, you know, it's just cringy all around. It's just really cringy.
1: Yeah, I was the taking fact notes that they make
0: a lesbian's coming out story
2: about a guy she had sex with. Like, did no one, did no one take a minute to go? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. Like, seriously, it's bad enough that it's made about Finn, but the fact that it's made about Finn being a guy she had sex with, just, I don't even have the words.
0: And not to mention, on top of that, um, is the fact that Brittany doesn't get any lines in this whole entire episode. Like, her, the, the, her girlfriend doesn't get a say in this, but her one-time stand guy does.
1: My my least favorite another, I guess on my list of least favorite things about this episode is that we have uh, Jane Lynch and um, uh, what's her dot name? Marie uh, Jones. Dot Marie Jones. Dot, dot Marie Jones. Two very openly very strong women. Like one says no, 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 no. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Like in her journal post Sue does that and and they're fighting over a man. So it's like back before um, we learned Beast was trans uh, transgender, so a gay man, um, he, uh, we thought he, uh, he was a straight woman. And um, she, he was presenting as a straight woman. But um, still, like, this is a, a, a lesbian woman, two lesbian woman actresses who are, like, adamantly saying that they're straight and, and fighting over a man in an episode that's about supporting a woman, uh, one of our characters who's coming out as a lesbian is like, it felt like very
0: slap in the face kind of like.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
0: no, it would just, I didn't, I never thought of it that way, but, um, on top of it, you get, and we'll get into, I guess we'll get into the details in a second, but yeah, you've got this really bad Santana coming out. You've got Sue and Beast fighting over a guy who ends up not being worth it at all because he's abusive. And so there's that awful storyline. And then you've got all of this election stuff. And it just, everything, oh, it's so bad. But anyway, we'll get into Okay, so the first scene with Kurt um, is at the lockers. And it's with uh, Jacob and Israel saying that he's down in the polls. Um, and this is where Kurt says, maybe I should, you know, stuff the ballots. Maybe I should cheat. And oh, oh this, is, this does have one of my <laughs> favorite favorite little exchanges where um, Kurt's like, "Why can't I be like John F. Kennedy?" Uh, or why can't I don't know what she, he says exactly, but then he's gonna pull a JFK, pull, pull G- GFK, and and Rachel's like, "You're gonna shoot Britney," <laughs> and he's like, "No, <laughs> weirdo psycho."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment too. I. Lo- See that's the humbleberry that I love when they're just like yeah. two weirdos.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we get into the choir room, and so Finn has have this giant idea of singing lady songs to Santana because that will magically make her feel better. And oh, ignoring that, um, we get. I think in I my, have in my teeth, notes. Oh. In
1: my notes, uh, somewhere in this episode, I, I wrote like a white white horse. Finn rides in, his white horse, like the whole episode, he's like the the good guy, like uh, trying to save Santana or whatever. Like, uh, yeah.
2: Why? I had, I had wanted for so long
1: for Glee to do an episode dedicated to
2: like women like, singing women's songs. My idea was more of a Lilith Fair 90s Riot Girl kind of thing, but it was also for the girls to sing those songs. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, we're getting... It's like, we're gonna get this thing that you've been wanting since season one in the worst possible way.
1: They gave... Girls just wanna
0: have fun to Finn. Yeah. Oh! Oh, We'll get there. (laughs) Okay, but first, before we do that, we do get Perfect, which... Out of context, I love this this claim to it. I love it. I I yeah. think it's great for them. I think the lyrically speaking, it's great for Kurt. Just the whole first stanza, and Blaine gets to rap. <laughs> Much to my dismay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, I mean, it we comes found from the a genre. Pink Darren rap, can't do it. So, like mm-hmm. it. It comes from a pink crap. So it's like you know. <laughs> Not
0: exactly like high high rap.
2: <laughs> yeah, we have found Darren's weakness.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's that bad here. I mean, I think he's worse in some of the other p- episodes that he has to rap in, but it, it's kind of endearingly bad here. Yeah, in here it's not as bad. Regionals is a whole other story. No, regionals is bad, <laughs> but yeah, um, this one is not. And they they sound great together. I love that. Th- the thing that really I love about the song is that it really fits Kurt and Blaine way more than it does for Santana. And mm-hmm. I, the two of them sing it to each other on their way to school in the car. I mean. That's such a great image. To it really up To
1: give us, like.
0: Yeah. The song is really uh, important to them. and just in, had a sad thought.
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just that in the quarterback before
2: Rachel sings. And she talks about finally having someone to sing with her in the car, talking about Finn. And it's just a parallel that parallel that I hadn't really thought of until now.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it's also going to be something to look back on when you think about Blaine, when he, he gets a little lost later in the season and then when he breaks up with Kurt and he feels really alone. I mean, like... In in this time period, I mean, they've just, you know, they they've said you love, I love you. This is their first real relationship. They started sleeping together, and they're singing this song about perfectly imperfect to each other every morning as they come to school. I mean, it it's it makes it sad that later on this is gonna fall apart a little bit. So, yeah, but as a song to Santana, I, okay, I don't know, I don't. It is also sad to me that. You know, Brittany does not get any lines, but this is all the help that she gets from Kurt, too. And I'm not saying that... I think it's, like, for example, in season six when we get Spencer, and he's like, you know what, dude, just because we're gay doesn't mean we have to, like, bond or anything. I don't think that Kurt needed to be, but to if they were going to put him into the storyline, it could have been a little bit better than this, too. So Yeah.
1: Exactly. I I definitely feel it's not her reacting to their performance but it's her reacting to like finn putting her in this position of being like it's very awkward like he he outed her to everyone and his solution is to have her sit in the choir room and listen to like all of their friends like talk about it basically
0: yeah exactly bugs me even more so he, she's upset that the, the two gay kids are, are, you know, helping her, like, with the song. But by the time they get to Finn and all the guys singing a song, that's when she kind of lets up and gives in and is like, oh, this is so wonderful, guys. Thank you. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? But yeah,
2: her, her outing is about the straight white males. Like, I just I cannot I cannot I literally just what whose idea was this?
0: So we get into, um, it looks like Bert, Bert. God, that's what happens when I keep saying Blaine and Kurt at the same time. I don't say Clay I say Bert. Bert! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that there's the, uh, another awkward, um, Puck sings to Shelby moment that we don't really need to talk about that storyline because it's awful too. But, uh, Kurt and Blaine are sitting next to each other and bopping along being little kitties, And that's about that.
2: I loved them, um, Video recording the girls'
0: performance of I Kissed a Girl. Yeah, that's a little bit later. I think there's a couple more things in. Uh, yeah. Action. More background music. Kurt has another really cool hat when um, they do the girls just want to have fun. But yeah, no, it's. Here's the thing. Like, she gets all. Like, it's. I will say it's not a bad cover. I really don't think it's that bad of a cover. He actually sounds halfway decent on it, and um, Finn doesn't always sound the gory on his songs. But. You know, the fact that, okay, they, they have all of the guys singing, and when I say guys, I exclude both Blaine and Kurt on this. So they have all the straight guys singing this song to her, and this is where she gets all emotional and like, oh, thank you guys for helping me out, and what, I just, mm. Yeah. <sighs> Show, what are you doing? It's bad.
1: And all of a sudden, all is forgiven.
0: Yeah. Okay, so then we get, I, yeah, the I kissed a girl.
1: Well, Jolene was a good song, even though like I hated the, the um, plot line. I love that song. Yeah.
0: And and she sang it so well. I think before then, um, I do wanted to give a shout out to that scene where that jock starts hitting on Santana. and And then he says, you know, all you need is a really good man to straighten you out. And all of the rest of the girls come up and back up Santana. I think that is a really cool scene. That is a cool thing. Why is that not the entire episode? But (laughs) like that is what the entire episode should have been. Was like an elaboration on that kind of thematic thing. And it would have been really awesome. So
2: if they wanted to do the Glee Club coming together to support Santana through this, that should have been the tone of it.
0: Right. Exactly. Have it, you know, have Brittany say more, give it to the girls a little bit more. If you're going to yeah, involve not. Kurt and Blaine, involve Kurt and Blaine a little bit better. I just, yeah. They just did the exact yeah, opposite of what you should be doing. Instead
2: of, I don't want you to kill yourself. You're important to me because you popped my cherry.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like you said before, uh, Carol Jane, <laughs> Kurt and Blaine are taping the girls singing I Kissed a Girl. Um, no, now we get the voting. So we get, you know, for some reason, the longest time I couldn't figure out why Blaine didn't vote. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. He's a junior. He's not going to (laughs) vote. Let's talk about everybody's votes, though, guys. This is kind of fun. You know what makes me sad, though? Mercedes votes for Kurt, but she says so because she doesn't want Brittany's girlfriend to win. Or Santana's girlfriend to win. Like, oh, why can't you just vote for Kurt because you're friends with Kurt?
2: That would have been nice too.
0: Yeah. I feel like this episode, well, a lot of season three, but um, this episode forgot that Kurt and Mercedes were friends at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So, Brittany obviously votes. Gosh, I keep saying it backwards. Santana votes for Brittany. With the heart. Yep, yeah, with the heart. Finn votes for Kurt. Mike votes for Kurt, I believe. Yes, he does. And he's like dancing while he does it. Yeah, and humming. <laughs> Puck votes for Ross Perot, which is a joke that I don't think a lot of people are going to get. A lot of younger kids probably don't get it. Oh, well, now we get it.
1: Are
2: Ross Perot related to Saturday Night Live, and I'm
0: in my
1: 30s. <laughs> Crazy as the, in the attic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm trying to think. Quinn votes for for. Brittany, I Brittany. oh I thought it was yeah I thought she did third party but that's okay I'd be wrong.
1: no she uh she said like my um father always votes for the least uh ethnic i I vote for the least male oh okay
0: yeah um sorry and reason. then <laughs> isn't that lovely and then Kurt yeah. gets this whole thing. Oh yeah, I, I wrote it. Okay, yeah. So Kurt gets this. says this whole thing about how he doesn't like that the election is, you know, his ticket into Niada. Like if he doesn't get this, he doesn't get into And maybe that was foreshadowing. They wanted to say, "Hey, we weren't joking. Kurt's really not going to get into it. Be prepared." But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then of course Rachel, who votes multiple times for Kurt. <laughs> Rachel,
1: we don't see that cheat? till
0: later.
2: If you're gonna cheat, could you at least make sure that you don't vote more
0: times than there are students? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Not you didn't think it through, Rachel. Come on. If you're gonna cheat, you at least be good at it.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think Rachel's good at that kind of stuff. Okay, so and then we get oh, of course, we get more like this is where Puck and Shelby sleep together. See, this yes. everything about this episode is awful. <laughs> um we do get should we touch real quick on the Santana scene with her grandmother? Sure. Yeah. Do you think that is a good, you know, it's hard and it's sad, but I think it was probably the best scene in the, the episode. Yeah, it really is. It was re- I, I
1: like Elva Villanueva. Um, She's, she's been the, uh, no. Yeah, that's her name. Or is that her character? That's her name? name on Jane the Virgin. Yeah, what is her name?
0: I don't know what the actress's name. I know it's.
1: Uh, her name is Yvonne Call. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Yvonne Call. Yeah. Okay. I, I love her. She was the the abuela in three different shows I was watching at the same time. Like.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what else is she on? I know she's on Jane the Virgin. Uh, switched at Birth. Oh! Oh! Wow! She is. So like, like she was the grandmother on this. That show and Max Max Adler was the, the guy Who gets in, in the middle of my favorite ship
0: in both the shows
1: Oh my goodness <laughs> They're just following you around wreaking havoc on all your
2: shows
0: Yeah um, <laughs> Well the nice thing about this Is it gives Santana the only moment They cut her only Real moment of coming out um, Because she does so. There's a deleted scene that uh, people should check out On YouTube where she comes out to the Cheerios And It's a really nice little scene, I don't know why they cut it This one is where she comes out And she actually has a platform To say how she's feeling And nowhere else in this episode Does she actually get to talk and speak for herself It's always been talking for her Or, you know So I'm glad there's at least this moment Where where she gets that chance
1: Yeah, and um, it's a really good monologue Like, as I was re-watching All of these episodes And it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's really, she gets to talk about how she's feeling, how, like, how she's scared and, like, we were talking about how she's mean and she, she admitted she lashes out because she's so scared, which is not an excuse
0: to anybody, but, but still it's. But it, it, it rounds out the character in a way that, like, I can feel for Santana in this scene I don't yeah. think that she was right with all of the stuff That she's been doing earlier in this season But she gets this moment here That makes her a real character And somebody that's more flushed out Than they usually let Santana be Agreed Okay, so we move into the end of the election stuff And Yeah, this is where Kurt gets called into the principal's office, and you know what's interesting? There's this little moment, because they were having fun taping the girls, and then Kurt's all worried, and Blaine is worried for him. Like, he's sitting there like, okay, well, what is this all about, Kurt? You know? (laughs) And we get the principal scene where, yeah, we find out somebody's cheated, because there's more ballots than seniors. And Kurt won by a really, really high margin. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh Kurt, you're not gonna have anything nice this whole season. So, <laughs> or yeah, for the uh-huh. rest of the season, it's like you get to have sex. Now we're gonna punish you for that. Not really, but sort <sighs> of. That's what it
2: feels like. I mean, I know that's not what it is. Yeah, I know. Jeez, he's like angel. He gets one moment of happiness, and he loses everything.
1: And he gets to dance with the the Mexican uh, shoes. He liked That's that. That's He does. <laughs> <laughs> a moment of happiness. <laughs> Gotta take him where you can find him.
0: <laughs> he um he goes out crying, and then Finn and Rachel are waiting at the lockers, and um, he, he explains about the cheating and that he could be expelled. And there's a couple of things I like about this little scene. He does run off, and he says, I need to go find Blaine. And I, I it's one of those... Cause there's so much Humbleberry all the time that it's nice to see just once Kurt being like, you know what? I don't need you guys. I need to go find Blaine. Um, exactly. If it was happened all the time, I wouldn't care so much. It'd just be another thing. But since it's just a rare thing that we're going to celebrate it. And then there's, um, I, lo- I, kind of actually like Finn in this scene towards Rachel, believe it or not. Cause Rachel is like, you know, I tried to cheat. She admits it. And then Finn's like, that's a really bad thing. Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> He's like you have to go turn yourself in So I will say um, Rachel being expelled And not being in sectionals Makes sectionals better I, I think this one and then season two Special education when she's not in Makes the set list better We'll get into it more in, in, uh, in the next episode But um, when they don't Focus their set lists, or lists around Rachel I think that it's more interesting They let more people sing and I agree. I, I'm kind of glad that, that she was expelled. For yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> Same. Same here. All right. So Kurt loses the election. His sweater in this scene, the, it's the one with the holes in it, and out of like not the sleeves, but out of the actual sweater. Um, I had a sweater like that in high school, except for I didn't have holes in it, just the sleeves. So that's what I think about every time I see that sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Brittany he, he congratulates Brittany because Brittany w- wins then they forget about Brittany being a senior for the rest of the year. Okay so in that scene where he congratulates Brittany
2: Kurt's moving he's like very stiff and he like winces when Brittany hugs him. Yeah, a fan fiction dedicated <laughs> to the way that to whatever it is that Blaine might have done to leave Kurt so injured. that was the Tone of reaction, fit for this
0: episode. That is, you know, it I was. never
2: noticed that before. But he is—he's very like. I was like, "Blaine broke Kurt's back in the best way possible." That's
0: hilarious. I love it.
2: That was what what came from the episode.
0: Yeah, there definitely. I'm sure there was some, you know, feel better sex going on. Oh yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Thank you for giving me that image. <laughs> um, and and Kurt's still the most unicorn. They're so adorable. Um, and they sing "Constant Craving." Um, I the these, couple of these last scenes I really like too. I Kurt is in the office with Will and Bert and Finn because Bert has won the election, um, for congressman, and they're all celebrating. But Kurt just can't bring himself to. He, he he's not happy. He's sad. I mean, he's mature in his approach to congratulating Brittany, but. It's a hard thing for him And I'm, I'm glad that they show that here Actually um, Now that we're speaking on like Perfect-ish Kurt That happens in season 3 there This is a little bit of You know you know, I wanted this for myself And I'm not getting it So I'm going to be upset um, I kind of love Naturally the, Yeah I kind of love the high eyebrow thing That he does Starting this song Just really high <laughs> Like yep My nose is above it I'm going to try and play best But I You know I'm still upset and then we get um, him filling out his NIAD application. And like we were saying earlier, I mean, there is the championship, uh, the cheerleaders' championship that he helped win. He did sing like a 14-minute Celine Dion medley for that. Mm-hmm. In French. In French. He's done some things. No, it's not as much as Rachel, but it's still, I don't know. We also learned that Kurt is hilariously older than any of the other Glee club clubbers at being <laughs> 19 or no, 18 or whatever. It's like, what? But they gave him Chris Cole for his birthday. It just. Kurt is. That would make Kurt two
2: years older than Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there have been some serious, long discussions about whether to consider that canon or not.
0: I. And it, I think it's your own interpretation. I feel like it was a prop thing and it's just easy. To, and I'm sure somebody's bad at math and just wrote down a date and they used Chris's birthday. But, like. I don't know. In season one, they say, he says he's 16. So whatever you want to extrapolate from that, there you go. There's nothing else really to contradict that in the series. And
1: half of, half of Fanon, uh, believe that, um, Blaine probably like, uh, was held back or like missed a year because of his horrible, horrible injuries from, um Sadie Hawkins or something like that.
2: I know and what cracks me up is that there's nothing 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 in canon to support that.
0: Yeah, there's not. Um granted there was nothing in canon to support he was a junior until they said it. So like, <laughs> True. <laughs> you can like I guess yeah, you can kind of go anywhere you want. There's a lot of uh, I hate to say the word holes, but there's a lot of openness in Blaine's character that you can interpret however you would like, I suppose. Yeah. And some of those
2: interpretations have been taken as fact at this point, which is yeah. a little crazy, but, but, it just is what it is. Like fandom is 100. Like there, no one can, he has to be from Westerville, Westerville. And I'm like, no, oh, really.
1: no, don't you know, private schools, people drive other cities to go to private schools.
0: Like I would in schools, LA. People
2: yes, drive that much. Like, yeah. Just to go to a public school.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think, Kay, I know you and I have talked about at length um, differences between fanon and canon, and how I yeah. think people get so caught up in their idealized versions of whatever these characters are, they sometimes forget what actually is canon. And in seasons one through three, I think you still get, at least for Kurt, some very solid characterizations that don't, they that doesn't have as many holes. So, what is there is what is there, and I mean, like... Yeah,
2: according to this, Kurt Graduated high school At a way older age Although for Kurt, I actually could see him Being left back If his mom dying Caused him to miss a lot of school
0: Could be, I mean, they also um, In um, Glee, actually, when they have Artie's um, uh, Fantasy About not being alive Or not being in a chair That he gets held back because of all the bullying So, I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility that like these things yeah, happen. But Bert so,
1: Bert didn't really know about the bullying, or he was he was he didn't seem very aware of the bullying before like
0: season one. Oh no! What I was just saying is that you can like interpret different things happening. Not yeah, that that would yeah. that would have happened or anything. The uh, there's uh Blaine who's with Kurt when he does his application, and he's kind of comforting, and I kind of like that. I like that they uh, give them that this little supportive moment because I mean, unfortunately, Blaine is going to play supportive boyfriend all this season, but um, it's nice that it's there because sometimes it's it feels missing later on. So, all right, anything about um, this one before we leave it behind for good?
2: No, not, no,
0: no. There then was this puck, uh,
1: not a not a clean thing, but like Quinn trying to get. Puck to knock her up again.
0: Yes, that was in this episode. Yeah,
1: I I hate what they did with Quinn a lot. Like, I mean, they didn't really know what to do with Quinn. She she played such a major role in the first uh, season, and then they like kept bringing her back, but like changing her. I mean, there was a lot of like, arguably, you could say she she didn't change as a person. Uh, throughout the three But like I don't know She,
0: she had very ups, ups and downs Yeah, yeah. I, like, it, I think you're right It kind of comes from a I think after Quinn had the baby They just didn't know what to do with her And I agree I know others on the podcast have mentioned that both Quinn and Puck Probably should have graduated in season two Um, Because it seemed like the writers just didn't know what to do with their Characters, but uh, Yeah I'm, I'm. it's sad, like it, The first eight episodes Of season three are kind of this giant Arc, and Hold On To 16 is The ending of them But season, or, but episode seven I Kissed A Girl, seems to be Like the climax of most of them And they really all, it just kind of shows you Just what bad plot lines were Featured in the beginning of season three So Um, Going on into, hold on to to 16 though Our first Kurt and Blaine scene um, Is in the Lima Bean And Kurt is filling out an application for the Lima Bean Because he thinks that's, he's basically going to just be doing that And not going to New York Um, Meanwhile, Blaine is, uh, is arguing about Finn Not giving him anything to do And he's frustrated about that And uh, the thing I really love about the scene is the fact that the two of them are having this conversation and neither one is listening to the other one. They're just venting yeah. at each other.
1: Yeah. And I, I, this is where I wanted to bring in again with the whole Finn and, and Blaine and, um, Kurt's role in it. Um, that it felt like that was not the first time that Blaine was venting about, um, about Finn giving him attitude every time he opened his mouth. And, I mean, Kurt has a lot of loyalty to to Finn for, like, being his his brother and having his back and all that. So, like, he's kind of, like, in between the two, like, doesn't want to get in the between the two f- for whatever their fight is. And he's, he seems, like, I almost got a, uh, like, role... Rolling his eyes, kind of reaction, like "here you go again," like that. Blaine is like t- blowing it out of proportion, or like whatever. I mean, we have to take all of these things, like make up our own like analysis of of what we see because they don't really get into any of this. Yeah, but like this is this is what I'm getting out of it. Like that that Kurt doesn't want to get in. In it, and he he feels that Blaine is like seeing things where they don't exist,
0: kind of thing. I think also, um, kind of adding to that, I can definitely see that. I I my own interpretation is that Kurt's so caught up in his own drama that he's kind of ignoring Blaine's, and it's a theme that kind of gets mm, played somewhat through the rest of the season, which kind of all builds up to the breakup. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, you know, and I think both interpretations can be correct, even at the same time. Um, I agree. I
2: think that it's probably a combination of the two, where on one hand, Kurt, Kurt kind of figures, you know what, it is probably best that I try to stay out of it because it's his brother and his boyfriend. And trust me, I know from experience, no (laughs) good can come of that. (laughs) It's true. Um, Yeah, trust me. And then, but also, you know, Kurt does have a tendency to kind of tune out, you know, when he's got his something going on himself, you know, it's very easy for him to kind of tune out if someone else is going through something at the same time, you -hmm. know, and Bert's kind of called him on that and, it probably has more to do with Kurt being an only child.
0: Yes. And
2: anything. He's an only child. He's never had to kind of do that.
0: Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I hate it when people use this as a weapon against Kurt. Like Kurt doesn't care about Blaine enough because he's not paying any attention in the scene. It's like, okay. I mean, it's, yes. it's no. Yeah.
1: its It's also not his responsibility to like, protect or, like, fight for his boyfriend, like, unless his boyfriend likes him to be on his side, like, to choose his side, which would be sucky anyways, but it's not, yeah, it's not his responsibility to fight his boyfriend's battles.
0: Exactly. And I feel that way about both of them, too. I mean, it's not, yeah, you know, Blaine's responsibility to fight Kurt's battles either, so, um... So yeah, I, I, sometimes I feel like fandom kind of wants the, these characters to be perfect in a way, and it's frustrating when they aren't allowed to be, you know, have flaws. And it's kind of funny, because we were just talking about how this is the beginning of the Kurt stuff, where he's perceived as Saint Kurt and does everything right, and yet in this scene, he's kind of ignoring his boyfriend, and like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I don't know, interesting. Um... Then we get into, um, the Sebastian comes along and makes the scene really entertaining.
2: (laughs) I, I, Kurt can barely restrain himself in Sebastian's presence. Like you can just see, I'm surprised he didn't like break his pen in half just with his restrained hatred of Sebastian. Yeah. And And that's what makes me like Sebastian. <laughs> because I'm an asshole like that. <laughs> the fact yeah. that Kurt hates him so much it can barely, barely even restrain that it makes me laugh.
0: Well, let me ask you guys because I know you guys are both big Blaine fans, and I can't claim to always be inside of Blaine's head. But what do you guys think of Blaine during the scene? After, like, not obviously he's not there. They're not for the the snarky Kurt part of it, but the. You know, he's sitting there and Blaine and Sebastian, I mean, Kurt and Sebastian do have this kind of underlying, like, I don't like you going on. And Blaine's just kind of there and I'll let you guys talk. (laughs) It's always been my impression
2: that if Blaine and Sebastian had met at Dalton, that Blaine would have been friendly with him. And I think that they could have been friends under other circumstances because I don't think. Sebastian's as bad as everyone kind of as he's kind of made made out to be in fandom. And that is not writing off the things that he does, because the things that he ends up doing to Blaine are terrible. But I think that under different circumstances, they probably could have been friends. But he's smarmy. That's kind of the point. He's the smarmy kid who is spoiled and obscenely rich and sees something he wants and Blaine is this people pleaser who doesn't like, con- yeah. doesn't really like confrontation and, and doesn't really know how to articulate more negative um, emotions and doesn't know how to really stand up and say, hey, we can be friends, but you've got to knock this off because I have a boyfriend. So, And I'm a lot like that where I'm like, oh, I really don't like this person, but I'm just going to kind of like grin and bear it because that's the easier thing to do I won't have to get into a messy confrontation I won't have to worry about you know oh this is going to be weird and awkward and you know that kind of thing so I'll just grin and bear it whenever this person is around
1: Lane is the of... ultimate grin and bearer like yeah. s- see like there's there's numerous times where like somebody insults him and he like smiles and like or and not- or he has that like confused smile like Wait, what the hell did you just say? But he yeah, won't and that's what, confront people on it, and, and s- that's what makes the blow up
2: with Sam in the later in the episode so interesting,
1: yeah. Um, and he, um, he he likes to be friends with everybody, or at least like you know, not piss people off or like push people away, or like be be friendly at least with,
2: yeah, with it's everybody. easier, yeah, it's easier. Like Blaine takes that. Blaine takes that saying "it's you catch more flies with honey," to like the most literal interpretation. Yeah, it's and I, easier. I don't to think to smile he, and and be nice and just let, yeah. let people slide than it is to call them out on their shit.
1: And I, he's definitely not oblivious to Sebastian's uh, like flirt flirtations and and whatnot, and he he seems embarrassed in front of Kurt that he like can you believe this guy, like, the, the look he gives at the end? But at the same time, he, he doesn't, like, say stop it, because the the conversation, confrontation thing. But um, I I got too deep into the, like, anti-Blaine, like, reading rants by anti-Blaine, like, not as an anti-Blaine person, but just seeing what the hell they, they're thinking. And so, I don't know how you could see that. Yeah, I was gonna say, was I can't the, do I either. Know.
0: Any... Uh, it, uh, any anti Kurt or anti Blaine stuff, I I can't get into. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> but but I was reading it and some people brought it up and and like with the the Chandler later on, like like Kurt brings it up too in that episode that episode later on that like they bring up Sebastian. He did the same thing with Sebastian, but I never thought he did.
0: No, like I didn't you, either.
1: You have here Sebastian saying, "Oh, you're never online," or like they mentioned him him calling Blaine one time and Michael like that doesn't mean that they've had a like 6 month calling and texting and online all the time behind Kurt's back thing no it means like, i could
2: uh, yeah i could honestly see Blaine being
1: like hey you know if you
2: you know you're a warbler once a warbler always a warbler so if you need anything you know here's my number and Sebastian taking advantage of that yeah and what's interesting to me is i think that what Kurt needed but didn't articulate was for Blaine to flat out say to Sebastian in front of Kurt, like, Hey, you know, I have a boyfriend, you know, something like that to make, you know, like I feel like that's what Kurt needed and Mm -hmm. he never verbalized it. And that's not who Blaine is. And so it kind of, the tension about to, I mean, to the point where even in season six, I think Kurt's like, God, look, Please don't let it be
0: Sebastian. Yeah, and I'm going to build on that. It's something, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be kind of a funny thing to say, but things that Kurt fans seem to miss about Kurt, and one of them is that Sebastian makes Kurt feel very insecure, and like a lot of this cattiness is because Sebastian comes in, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to steal your boyfriend, and there's... Just this insecurity that Kurt sometimes has that he's still not good enough in in certain ways. He will, like, not show you. He will definitely hold his head up high and give you a snarky remark and, like, tell you to piss off. But it really, deep down, gets to him. So Sebastian kind of symbolizes all of these things about Kurt that, you know, what does Sebastian say in this scene? You know, like, you're going to be in Lima... Working with this you know in this town And Blaine's going to go off and be really famous And you're just going to be stuck here the rest of your life And right now Kurt Because he didn't get you know Doesn't have a very good Niana application he didn't get The election you know he has This fear of this that's what he's going to do So Sebastian really knows how to poke at Kurt in kind of the right way And that's where you know Kurt starts to be Really insecure and so He's looking to Blaine to back him up and Blaine not being the type of person that wants to do any kind of confrontation doesn't. And so the the insecurity kind of stuff builds. And I know this is like nitty gritty meta stuff, but I, I feel like that's what's going on here. Not, you know. Yeah. And it's one of the things that's,
2: you know, in the end that that right there, Kurt not really seeing Blaine, this is what I need from you. And Blaine not saying, well, this is what I need from you, is eventually what causes
0: both blow, both of their breakups. Right, exactly. And it's miscommunication. And that's why I think the scene is interesting and fascinating in a way before the Sebastian stuff, because they, it's them not talking to each other. And, I mean, yeah, it's funny and, and, yeah, there's, you know, reasons for it But I think that a lot of times The crux of, well, all of the times That these two have issues Is because they're not listening to the other one Or not talking to the other one, so um, Yeah um, Getting on, in though, is the um, I do love the, the banter Between Sebastian and, and Kurt uh, It's just very mm-hmm. starky
1: And the CW hair
0: The CW hair uh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> Blaine's too good for you. That's, you know, and that... Uh,
1: it definitely triggers, like, his...
0: Yep. Oh, so. All right, so going on, we get Sam's return. Kale, do you have something to say about Sam?
1: When... when... I have love a lot Sam. of things to say about Sam. <laughs> but at at the very beginning when um, Finn and, and um, Will are talking and um, Finn says, we need star power. We need Sam Evans. And like, I'm thinking, I, who thinks of Sam Evans when they think of star power? I know. Like, as much as I
2: love Sam, I don't. I don't know like that. Like when the episode aired, I was like,
0: "What?" They're trying what? to push in I Sam. Did, they do, but... <laughs> they try to um give Sam what they gave to Ryder. What they try to do Sam to Sam again after uh, Finn passes away is they're trying to make Sam the next straight white like male hero figure of the show. And it when you have these other characters who are stronger characters, you know. It, it kind of falls flat because Sam, as much as I love Sam, he seems like the kind of character who's a follower who kind of goes along and is going to be a great support person. Yeah. But he's not going to lead you anywhere. He's going to be an awesome teacher
1: of New Directions in the end. Like, that was a really good idea. Like Yeah, and it's, it's because Sam is so understanding and he just, he's
2: a kind person, but he's not that per- he's not the same type of person as finn like finn's no. whole thing is he wanted to be like a hero and it's not that sam sam doesn't want to be a hero sam's just a good guy
1: he just wants to lift other people up like exactly which is what a hero is but not for the sake of
0: being a hero uh,
1: exactly um yeah i
0: also very entertained by sam the stripper i don't know why i'm just <laughs> that
2: scene is hilarious rachel and her give me a dollar <laughs> and the look on, on their faces. Rachel, Rachel. Realize, yeah. The, the look on their faces when they realize what it is. Yeah. Oh my God. White that, chocolate. See, it's moments like that when Finchel got to be funny and play off of each other that I love them. Just like in duets, they were hilarious yeah. together playing off each other in that scene in the strip club.
1: Yeah, they did a lot of those scenes to be funny. Like, I don't know. They, it's too much, like, finchel drama to, like, actually be, like, a really cute couple, I think. Yeah, I agree.
0: We had moments, but. they had moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get the uh, return of Sam to the choir room. And we get Sam's solo, which is, I think this is just hilarious. It's a great song.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is a guilty pleasure song of mine. I love it.
1: Red
0: I didn't know it before or after this show, but, like... You know, it, I, I think it really says something to people of, like, the Rust Belt and the people in small-town America. I, I think that it's a really hilarious look on that kind of life. And Yeah. Yeah. Like, unlike my house, it's not foreclosable. I mean... <laughs> yeah.
1: <sighs> and, it's like... Cord, Cord brought in the the um uh country a, a couple times like it would have been nice if he could have brought it in more since like he's the the son of a country star and like a country performer in his own right yeah like Cord's like country royalty his dad wrote yeah. Friends in <laughs> low
2: places even I know friends in low places like th- why didn't
0: they sing that song at like hello <laughs> I don't okay. think the what show ever knew what to that? do I think that they had a wheelhouse that they were comfortable with yeah and when they went out of it I, I don't think they always not that like they did bad performance but I think that they knew their 80s and their Broadway and getting out of that sometimes was hard for them so
1: yeah and it's also a show about show choir which doesn't sing country songs
0: really yeah, but, I mean, they do heavy metal, and they do, you know, a lot of yeah. other things that they don't usually do in show choir, so. That's true. They could have had less white guys
2: rapping, more corridor of the street singing songs his dad wrote. <laughs>
0: um, the other, I, I love a couple of things about this performance. I love Kurt, because he's just like, what is wrong with all of you? <laughs> he was looking at the cup like, why would anyone drink out of this when they could drink out of a glass? It's just. The background uh, moments oh, are so Kurt. funny. And Blaine Blaine is getting into it. It's like, Kurt,
1: come on, let's dance. And, and Kurt, like, Mouse, what? It's wrong with you.
2: Like, listen, Kurt, until you've had to wash all the dishes after someone leaves, then you'll understand the beauty of a red solo cup. <laughs> I
0: think Kurt is the type that probably enjoys washing dishes. You know what? You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> like, if he can be, be fancy, he'll wash
2: like if you suggested to Kurt paper plates on Thanksgiving, he'd probably be really offended. Why would
1: you use paper plates on Thanksgiving? Me, <laughs>
2: <laughs> because I work on Black Friday. I don't have time uh, for those dishes. Uh,
0: um, we also get now. This is Santana. I think being kind of funny when she comes back yeah. and she has her trouty yeah, mouth list. So and and
1: uh, Sam takes it so well too. Like, he's like, I'm glad to see you too, Santana. Like, everybody's like, oh my god, drama.
0: But. And he's just like, no, I miss. Yeah. I think the one nice thing about being post I Kissed a Girl, though, is that Santana does lighten up for the rest of the season. She's not necessarily mm-hmm. just downright cruel. Cool. So, that's kind of nice. True. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So.
1: Then Tina gets the storyline via Mike
0: for like a half second. <laughs> For a half second. For Tina. Yeah,
1: but it's via Mike. <laughs> but this is this is kind of a pattern for
2: Tina. Yeah, kind of doing too much. I mean, it works out in in this instance, but it's also a pattern on the show because we have Tina here. She sent the application for Mike to for the dance program, and then someone else. Who was it? Oh my God, I'm losing. I'm going blank. That does what? Oh does something yeah. similar where they apply for something for someone or they, yeah,
1: they Sam the video
2: for of someone. Mer- Mercedes. That's right. Yeah. Sam sends the video of, Mer- of Mercedes and kind of acts on her behalf. And
0: there's another one that I'm going blank on too. While well, uh, you're thinking about that, Kay, we were, I was actually thinking about you yesterday. We were doing the Valentine's day podcast and we were talking about Sam Sadie's and one thing that came up and it's not necessarily in this episode, but it'll be in future is that when Sam gets back, he doesn't go, mm-hmm. he goes, I mean, he has a moment with Quinn, but it's not on a romantic basis. Quinn actually asks, like, him out again, and he says, no, you need to, like, figure shit him, out. Yeah. But he does go to yeah. Mercedes, and we thought that was great. Yes, he cool. does. He's like... Yeah, that's later in,
1: in this episode.
0: What? It was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we just thought it was really cool, because, like, he doesn't go to the pretty blonde girl he, he goes for Mercedes. Nope, He's
1: gorgeous yes. in
0: her own right, but, like, you know, stereotypes and all that, so...
1: Well, I mean, he he pretty much fell for Mercedes and it's Sam Sadie's to the end with a couple of of like, you know, the nurse and Brittany. But (laughs) even then, he's like, well, I still love Mercedes. It's just not an option right now. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they're just underrated as a couple,
2: as an OTP.
1: Oh, they are the ultimate OTP. Like, yeah. Indians. They didn't even end up together at the end, but it was still like, oh, you know they will. Oh,
0: yeah. It was in it the script. We'll talk about yeah. the script yeah, when, okay. when we get all the way to the end, but it was there in the script. Yeah. Um, so, going back to this episode, though, we have. Um, looks like I'll just. Oh, I guess there are mostly only guys in New Directions at this point. Um,
1: they're dancing, yeah, and this is the. There's only um, Quinn and Tina now, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well. <laughs> And um, they're dancing, and this is where like the you know the stripper moves versus the warbler dapper moves comes in, and we get um, our first blam, which is like anti blam. Yeah, <laughs> I know
2: it's so crazy. Like if you had told them in that moment, you guys are going to be so close in a year, they'd be like, "Fuck that guy."
0: <laughs> well, and again, <laughs> do you guys want to talk a little bit about? I mean, this stems from. Like, an, you know, here Finn has been telling Blaine, you know, you're not good enough and, you know, who cares that you were the head of the Warblers, you're not good enough. And Sam comes in and, like, takes over and people listen to him and they're not listening to Blaine. And I, that's my interpretation of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's definitely I, – I feel like
1: neither of them, it's
0: really, like,
1: about the other person. It's about, exactly. like um, – well. Blaine probably heard from Kurt, like, Kurt probably heard from Rachel uh, about them finding Sam in a strip club. That's what I'm guessing. So, so Blaine probably knows, and that's why he uses that comment against him. And it's, like, considering the kind of dances and, and the uh, singing a song about sex toys to a guy in the Gap, like, he doesn't have a very strong leg to stand on, but, like, he just uses that in the moment.
0: Yeah. It's not a, uh, it's, what? It, well, how do I put this? It's an intentional barb because he could, not because he actually believes it.
1: Yeah. And that's, yeah. like, the kind of barbs that Santana uses all the time. And I also feel that for Blaine, he, he even though
2: he was tempted to sexify the Warblers based on what um, Suha told them, I still think for Blaine, he competition, you know, it's one, it is one thing to sing a sexual song to a guy that you're crushing on. It's another thing to try to and, win a competition. Yeah. You know, using, because he was also really against the whole idea of the props for nationals later in the season, mm-hmm. you know, anything for him. It's like, you know, if we're going to win, we should win in a more for lack of a better term, pure way.
1: Yeah. And he calls, uh, Sebastian's, uh, it it's the cut song, it's it's not actually in the episode I think um, for in Michael, but the the oh, Warbers, yeah the performance is anything but classy. Yeah, exactly. So he he has strong opinions, which aren't always always right. But um, no, not not at all. But, but it I, I don't I don't feel it was about Sam. Yeah, it wasn't about Sam. I, I don't even think it was about the move at all. It was just about. Like, I think it's all about Finn, which he says later, like, just Finn brings in this other guy that's, like, better than Blaine. He sees as better than Blaine. And, like, um, and Blaine is just sick of it because Blaine has good self-confidence. He knows he's pretty much
0: awesome. So no, um, I chocolate. would actually disagree with that. A little bit. I don't think Blaine has very good self confidence at all. I think he presents it. I think that he's very good at, you know, this is what think, you guys want me to be. But inside, I don't think he. It, it's. I think he is very needy for positive reinforcement.
1: Confidence about like certain like he he knows he's a good singer and he knows he's a good performer and that's he knows what I was gonna, gonna say. I think his dancer. talent. Like I think yeah, his he's, talent he's, is the
2: area where he's the least insecure. Like if yeah. there's one thing that Blaine. Can bet on one hundred percent. He knows that he is a good performer. He knows that he is talented, and I think that's the only area of his life where he's not insecure. Yeah, and I think that's so, why he uses his uses performance as a way to communicate because that's the thing he knows he does best.
1: Yeah, and and, and this situation, yeah, uh, Finn is attacking his his confidence of his talent and his knowledge that he is a good t- performer. And and saying no, let's listen to this guy instead. Let's let this guy perform instead. Like, and it's you know, yeah, he has really low confidence in other areas, and to have his one place that he feels comfortable in himself be attacked or or feel that it's attacked, Like Because yeah, even it's in puppet
2: master, like, even in puppet master, he's like, I've won more competitions than everyone in this room. You know, like that's his thing. He's like, I'm, this is where you guys should be listening to me. This is where you should definitely be taking me seriously because this is where I know I'm the best.
0: Um, I, I do have, before we get into the, the next Finn Blaine scene, um, I want to say a little bit about background Kurt um, because when Blaine does his little boy band warbler move, uh, Kurt's like, oh, that's cute. He, he thinks it's adorable. And then when Sam does his body roll and Blaine's like, "We don't need to do that." The disappointment on Kurt's face. Yeah, not, I don't. It's not disappointment. It's not d- disappointment towards Blaine, but just like, "Oh, honey, you don't like that." I really, really, really like that. You know, it, yeah. <laughs> it cracks me up. But I will yeah, say, he's, like enjoying it. And then Blaine says, "Oh, that's horrible," and, and he's like, "Oh, oh, he's, <laughs> And you, know, you can almost see Kurt like, "It's not horrible when you do it," like that kind of thing. It's like. <laughs> Um, we have to pull out little things in this bit. Um, But also Interestingly there's not a reaction Shot from Kurt When it actually gets into the argument And when Finn kind of gets involved a little bit And there is no shot of Kurt Because I think that they were deliberately Trying to make this a Blaine Only plot line mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's interesting that they're like Kurt, there's no like, Blaine storms out, and Kurt doesn't go after him. He doesn't. There's no shot of him. There's nothing, which and I it's, really it's like, but weird. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought I, it was kind of weird. Too, I, I
1: really like it. it. It is weird though, because like in other, like with every other relationship in the in the choir room, they would have that, like the they would link it with the the person that they're dating. Like if if Finn was having a a fight with somebody. Somebody else, because he's in this, so he is having a fight. But, like, if he stormed out, like, Rachel would storm after, go after him. And, like... And it's just... Like, for
2: example, in Prom Queen, when Mercedes stormed out and Kurt got up to go after her and Rachel just goes, I'll go. That's all that was needed. Because we have Kurt's boyfriend, who very rarely so much as raises his voice, has been being pushed by Kurt's brother gets into a physical altercation with a guy who's living in Kurt's house because of Kurt's brother, you'd think we'd at least get a reaction and, Kurt, you know, like, it could have easily been like Kurt going, okay, kind of giving Finn a dirty look at me, like, I'll go, and then Finn saying, no, let me handle it. it two seconds would have made so much sense, because there's, there's no way to separate Kurt from this because everyone involved is connected to Kurt. Sam lives in Kurt's house.
0: hmm Yep.
1: And also, like it, it's kind of strange that that Finn does go. We don't get an expl- explanation why Finn is the one that approaches him because, like he doesn't realize that that because he's, you know, oblivious. He doesn't realize the the anger is pointed at him until Blaine says, "I'm punching you, your your face on the the um punching bag, too."
2: But obviously, there was some time that passed between, Finn going after him because Blaine's changed clothes. He's obviously been boxing for a while because he's all sweaty. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder if at one point Blaine leaves and if there isn't a moment of Kurt going, you need to fix this because this is your fault.
0: I was just going to say that. I'm guessing that it wasn't Finn's idea on his own. I'm guessing, you know, and it's his open interpretation. So this is just mine, but agreeing with you guys. And that Kurt was like, you know what? Take care of this. You know it it might even also been rachel too it's like you know what hey you know you're putting your brother in an awkward position you know you need to take care of this blaine thing
1: yeah it's it's definite like this is totally out of character for blaine i mean it is in character as we say later that when he like he bottles things up and when he explodes he explodes but this is the first time that anybody has seen that like anybody in that room i think even kurt yeah but i don't
0: That's necessarily out of character I think that it's just You know Up until this point We get All at Kurt's point of view And the only The first time we get Any kind of Blaine point of view Is um, The first time And it's the first time We get You know The show Telling us What's going on with Blaine Without it being Through Kurt's point of view So I I Yeah, they, I mean, they've never shown this before, but I think that this is something that, like, okay, well, this is an aspect to Blaine that we're learning about, that he bottles things up. Yeah, exactly, but I think it's an aspect that the other
1: people in the choir room, maybe Kurt has seen it before and knows, like, that's how he deals with things, Um, but the other people, like, to everybody else, this is this, like, show, show horse, uh, happy-go-lucky guy, all of a sudden, like, exploding out of nowhere.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, think about later on in Dance with Somebody when Kurt and Blaine end up airing their grievances out in public, and, like, Blaine sings this really angsty song at Kurt, and everybody's like, what the hell, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of that-ish in a way. So... Um, yeah. But, yeah, we get Blaine boxing, and um, Finn comes in, and, um, yeah, like, he's just, he's very angry in a way we haven't seen before. hmm It makes me so happy.
2: This just, we get so much about Blaine in such a short period of time, like the boxing, and he took it up when he was bullying, and the Fight Club line, which, you know, again, uh, to interpretation, I like to believe that because Dalton is you I'm sorry, what Kay? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I, I said I like to believe that the fight club is real because Dalton is not the very kind of Hogwarts. Well, actually a fight club kind of would fit in Hogwarts, but you know yeah. <laughs> Room of Requirement. But um that we get this kind of moment where we get that either Blaine is being really sarcastic about the fight club thing, which would which be is again something that you don't expect from him. Mm-hmm. Or he was in a fight club Which is like what But it's nice characterization
0: I do like that I do agree with the that the fight club thing Was probably real but I do like that there is A sassier side to Blaine That we don't always get to see But um, yeah It is a part of him There's, And yeah. he took up boxing You know
2: Because of his bullying You know and that's an interesting idea you know that's interesting. Was that his parent? Was that his parents, you know, suggestion? Was it his own suggestion? Did he take up boxing to channel to learn how to channel the anger, or was it really about learning to defend himself? You know, there's a lot that you kind of get mm-hmm. from such a short scene.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that Blaine has this tendency to try and focus this kind of anger stuff, and I wonder if that. And I can totally be wrong on this, so please feel free to correct me. But I wonder if sometimes that is a performance thing too, where like he has all of these emotions and feelings and he will, you know, he feels like he can't like talk about it. So he just kind of bottles it up and like it comes out through performances as well as, you know, physical, you know, boxing or whatever.
1: I think yes. that that's definitely true. Cause like the the clear example of that is cough syrup, where like yes. he's he's obviously upset and um, he sings it out. And, and then after Kurt asked him about like, what was that about? And he's like, well, it's supposed to be about inspiration. And like, that is so BS. Like, oh yeah. <laughs>
0: and uh, I was going to say something else. Oh, um, I, I forgot. Okay. Um, so we get the, you know, Kurt, uh, Kurt we get Finn coming in and, Yeah, this is a little bit of a too quick of a resolution for me, but okay, what, you know. Yeah. Finn's saying, you know what, I was jealous, I felt threatened, but you know what, you're awesome, let's go win sectionals.
1: So that definitely addresses, like, what we were talking about just, like, a minute ago, about how Finn's rejection of him was hitting all of his, like, insecurity, um, but also, like, attacking where he felt comfortable about himself his performance and stuff and and this is finn saying no i did it because i'm jealous of you because i know you're a good performer like that's not in doubt so like it makes sense that he would be like oh, okay because <laughs> he's yeah. kind
0: of, he's being flattered here and now that i uh, think of it the minute that finn says you know it's not about your performance that blaine really turns around and is like oh you know what let's go win this like <laughs> yeah yeah That's true, I agree Yeah, Uh, I can't Just looking at the scene though, it kind of really Highlights just how short Darren is Or maybe just how tall Corey was
1: I love it
0: But he's so small
1: uh, Yeah, and I mean like um, Corey is is Huge, like very tall So like having them together Is It's it's like in um, Blame it on the alcohol when he stands next to him Like wow, you're just So
0: tall. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't have him stand on a box like they did with Leah. That's true. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I'm pretty sure they tried and and made Chris shorter for a lot of the early season two stuff to make Blaine seem bigger. But I like that Blaine is smaller than Kurt. Oh, I do.
2: Yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: Um, and it's kind of funny because God much shorter. Yeah, and Chris isn't that big himself.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, okay. So, um, to, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and go there, um, on a shallower note, I think Blaine is so adorable and really kind of hot in the scene, so.
1: Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. Like, I love his hair, like, how it's it's sweaty and kind of curly, all of the curls on the, um, on his edges are just kind of coming up out of, out of the gel and, like.
0: Can I give an unpopular Blaine opinion, and hopefully you guys won't hate me. Sure. Um, no. I'm not a fan of the bow tie stuff. I I mean it's very plain. I understand that's the character, but I it's just not my favorite look in general. So
1: I love the bow ties, but I feel like sometimes they got over agreed. Done over too much. Like the first bow tie outfit was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yes. <laughs> the when he first came to McKinley with the that one is black cute. Yeah. and the red, yeah. Uh, some of them went over. Some of them, like, are really, really cute outfits that he does. But like the the green one with the purple, the, the green polo shirt with the purple like sp- suspenders, and like, uh, not so much. <laughs> like yeah, in in season four, is, like his
2: his Easter. I call him his Easter outfit. Yeah, Easter ride, sometimes I'm like, come on. Out. I was like,
1: he looks like an Easter egg. I mean, I like. I like that blazer a lot. Like, I think it's a very plain blazer and it's cool, but it's like the, the way they like did the whole outfit was kind of too much. And yeah. Yeah. The,
2: and don't give me the
0: lobster card again. Oh, that was just cute. So. <laughs> oh, my God. oh man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking of, and we can, we'll talk about it definitely, but big brother when he is doing the fighter song and he's like looking oh. like grandpa. And I'm just like, I can't take this as seriously as it's supposed to be taken. He's singing Christina Aguilera, but he's dressed like a grandpa. Yeah. Oh, well. So back to this scene. Um, We get into um, the sectional stuff. Um, There are the two small scenes of of Sam reconnecting with Mercedes and um, Tina going to confront uh, Mike's dad.
2: And then... Poor Shane, he didn't stand a chance. No, he really didn't. Yeah. Mercedes spends so much of this episode just like blushing and giggling.
1: Yeah, she's Sam. Oh my gosh, so adorable. Was, she's like, no, Sam, whatever, and then she walks away and she's like, giggling and happy. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I
2: was like, yeah, that's over. Sorry, Shane.
0: <laughs> yep, Shane <R>. I. P. <laughs> yeah, Shane, R.I.P. Yeah. So we get into the, the sectionals, and the first thing we get is um, Harmony, who is one of the Glee Project winners. And it's funny to me that at the end of this, um, well, first they got that moment where Kurt's like, it's the Gerber baby. Just the way he says it, it's funny. And then at the end, he's, um, she's like, oh, to think I'm only a sophomore, next year's gonna be a bloodbath. And I'm like, were they thinking, the toying with the idea of bringing her back? From why i heard they, they
2: didn't were, I heard that that was the plan that they were probably going to bring her back but that she was kind of difficult so they didn't uh, the actress? yeah that's what I heard that's what was going around fandom was that she, they were originally planning to bring her back probably like vocal adrenaline or something but um, the actress was just kind of very difficult to work with and so they didn't bring her back
0: I got a little bit of a backlash From all the Glee Project stuff I know that we talked about it um, With the the Pot of Gold podcast But um, you know you have All of these Glee Project winners And one of the faults I think of season 3 Is that they tried to stuff all of these Glee Project winners in there And you you already have a huge cast And now you have to try and come up with Characters and storylines For these other characters that you have to fit in there And it, it just was Kind of messy
2: the only one that didn't really work for me was Rory, because I really liked Joe. Uh, I thought that the Gerber baby, in the capacity that she was used, just popping up at competitions, would have worked, or popping up in the might have worked. And, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, everyone... You know, I love Unique, but... Um, and then, uh, what what's Four winners. And, of course, Ryder. But, yeah, there's
1: yeah, Ryder, and then... What's what's her name? She was on. She was on. Ellie um, Stroker. Yeah, Ellie. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot but she, she only the Glee she Project. got she only got that one episode.
2: Yeah, I think see. I think they did a better job with the Glee Project winners the second time around.
1: Well, except for for Ryder, but they. I love Ryder. No, no, I mean like except uh, except for the writer character, they they. Um, just had, like, glimpses of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. But Ryder, they gave the whole character to?
2: They gave him a real story and a real character. I feel like Ryder was better thought out. I think in season four, Ryan Murphy was like, Oprah, like, you get
1: a part! You get a part! Everybody gets a part! And yeah, he- they shouldn't have, like, promised the whole parts. Like, if they were going to do so many winners, I, I think what they did was, like, the first place and then the the runners up the first place being, uh, it was Damien in the first season and that was, uh, oh, what's uh, writers, uh, Blake, Blake, Blake Jenner in the second season. And yeah. that's why they got the longer parts. And, mm-hmm. and originally like, um, Harmony, uh, whatever the actress name and, uh, Joe and unique. Those three were runners, runner ups. That's why they got like one one um, episode each in the first in that season. But Mm -hmm. then like for Joe, they brought him back as a like recurring background character and they brought Unique back as a um, member of New Directions because they liked Unique and they liked like the character and they were inspired by it. But not. Yeah, so and I think funny. Joe worked as a background character
2: because mm-hmm. he was funny. He had some really funny interactions and funny moments. Where Joe suffered was that forced storyline with Clint. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But at least Joe, like uh in in fourth season you get the like um the Christian character uh the song about the threesome. And Yeah, the <laughs> interf- and the interface uh what was it, interface paintball
2: league?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we get into uh, more sectional stuff, and we have the treble tones. They go first, and they ironically sing Survivor. Okay, I have have a thing. So
2: that dance style that they do with the arms, that's called whacking. And so it started in the 70s disco um, in L.A. in the black and Latino kind of gay disco clubs. That's kind of what made it popular. And that's where the style kind of took off. They had someone do it on So You Think You Could Dance around the time that this aired.
0: Oh, okay. But,
2: but it actually started in the 70s. It's kind of like LA's version of voguing, which came later in the 80s. But this was a 70s disco thing in, minor- in the minority LGBT community of LA. So I thought it was really interesting that this was the chore- the dance style that was chosen for the Troubled Tones given Santana's storyline.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you you had that tidbit. I never would have known that. So, it, It's a really cool dance style. The thing is, if
2: you're not a trained dancer, it looks a lot more sloppy if your movements aren't as precise. But if you ever get a chance to Google whacking on YouTube, it's insane. It's so cool.
1: I really like this performance. Like... The the mixture. I've always loved. uh, I will survive.
2: Me too. And Survivor.
1: Um, The song and and to mix it with that song was was awesome.
2: The only thing I don't like is their dresses. That material is terrible.
1: I think the bubble dress. (laughs) The bubble dress was kind of like in in style at that time, so that's why. Oh, okay, I
0: didn't know that. We also have.
1: Which I hated the bubble dress. I'm glad it died like a, a swift death. <laughs>
0: um, we also get, and I kind of wish this was actually during the Lindsay, the Lindsay Pierce was the harmony, the harmony stuff. Um, we get Finn saying to Blaine, uh, we got this. And they do that little fist bump thing. Um, but it's oh, during the I know, turns. I love it.
2: It's like a nice closing to that storyline.
0: It is. And They're so cute.
2: It's funny because so many people had hoped that had wanted Finn to kind of know give Blaine the riot act for cheating on Kurt but we in season four we got more of you know Finn and Blaine kind of you know Finn really supporting Blaine and Blaine supporting Finn as their Glee Cup teacher and I'm really really glad that they didn't go down that route of having
0: Finn be mad at Blaine I feel like if there's one person who's gonna kind of I mean there are probably multiple, but one person that really understands kind of screwing up and not, you know, messing up your relationship. I mean, we'll get into it way when we get into season four. But I think Finn might be one of those people who understands. And Finn is a nice guy in general anyway. So I I don't think it would have felt. And again, as we've talked about before, Kurt does not need anybody, you know, defending his honor. He would actually yeah. be pissed yeah, off at Finn if, if Finn did that. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad they did not do that. too. Um, so we get into the new directions set which is all of um, it's Jackson 5 and Michael Jackson and start off with ABC. Oh, oh go. wait. We didn't
1: talk about um, before they went on they um, trouble tones went to to them and offered them anybody could join their their group if if uh, new directions lost. Mhm. And New Directions was really offended by that, but I don't know why. Yeah, that's exactly like Will. Will said that's extremely rude, and I'm like, but like at the end of this the episode, we're like, hey, come join us! Like, come join join our team because you lost. It's like the exact like same it was thing. your idea. It's like, whoa, novel idea. It's like, I mean, no, I agree. I mean Santana said it so like anything Santana says kind of
0: like at this point comes off as rude. Well, I think it so. was it was it was the condescension aspect of it. Yeah. Um not necessarily the offer like and I think also Will I mean think about this from Will's point of view unfortunately for a second. Here is, you know, here's this <laughs> other teacher who comes in. He's been doing the glee club for 2 years. And now Shelby's there, who he already thinks is a better director because she's been in vocal adrenaline and won Champions. And then Santana, who's been obnoxious so far this season, says, hey, well, I'll let you guys join our team if we win. I can see why Will could get pissy about that because Will is immature like that. So, (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we get ABC, um, which I think is a great song. It features um, oh my
1: gosh, that's Tina so great.
0: and Mike, yeah.
1: and Kurt has a line, and I always consider this a, a Tina solo since like they have the others have like really smaller lines, and like I want Tina to have more solos, obviously, and I, I has such a good song for her, her voice, like it's. Just where her voice is
0: Well that's the thing they yeah. finally figured out um, How to use both Tina and Quinn A little bit more efficiently in this season Because they're both singing Alto-ish um, or lower songs mm. And that, that they can really You know shine on Whereas before they're trying to get them to sing In the stratosphere I'm guessing Jenna is a mezzo-soprano And, I'm, and, and Diana is an alto and Yeah I've
1: always thought she was a mezzo-soprano Because like I've always like thought her voice sounded like mine when I sing, and that's where I am. Like, that's, I don't know, one of the reasons why I identify with her. But, um, yeah, it's such a great song for her. And, like, it's such a great song because it it showcases so many people in different ways. You have Mike dancing. You have uh, Kurt, like, being sassy. And and (laughs) Kurt. (laughs) And doing the, like, the launch over. I forgot who he launches over, but I think
0: he like. jumps. Well, and that's the thing, is when you take Rachel out of these competitions, you get an and so, I'm like because we'll get into the other two songs in a second, but you get a set that is very balanced. It showcases everybody in that, you know, except for, you know, Rory. Uh, it, it showcases everyone. And that is the way a show choir should be run. It should not be, hey, stick the, you know, one talented girl in the front where everybody else is in the back and sways. And that's unfortunately what you get when you get Rachel led uh, competition mm-hmm. episodes. So that's the this one and the season two one are my favorites because Rachel takes a back seat and we can see everybody else doing things. So, and I, I and
1: think the um, fourth season or fourth and fifth season, the new, new directions, they're a lot better at that, having like, yeah, using everyone.
0: Yeah, I have to give a shout out to Something that Kurt does in the scene um, Sebastian for reasons I'm not fully or standing is out in the Audience and uh, Kurt notices and he falters for a Second but then when he gets his little line That's when he does the little like Sit down uh, Moment and he Squibbles his hips and he's just like you know what It's kind of a because um, they, sh- they Panned it to, to um, Sebastian So it's a little bit of a you know, screw you! I'm awesome. Moment yeah. for Kurt. Yeah,
2: and yeah, he does I, make I, a little bit of a gaspains face, though. I
1: is. think he's there with other warblers. I think they're there to support Blaine. That's what I always figured. And Mike's dad sit next to Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? Why of all places? <laughs> what drives me
0: crazy is they use the same shot of Sebastian standing up twice. Yeah, they do, every once in a while they do that. In, in the Sue Sylvester Shuffle, um, they use the same reaction shot of Mercedes twice. And it's one of those things when you, I know that their editing was probably like they were in a hurry to get it done and everything because the show is like was like that. But, you know, in this day and age of where we go back through and watch things like 500 times, it those things kind of stand out, so. There's
2: also a bit during the performance I want to say it's during control where I think one of the camera guys gets in the shot. One of the other camera guys is in the shot or like a boom mic or something.
1: Oh, cool. I love those things, though. Like, I love those little mistakes because, like, I mean, these are people doing their jobs. And, like, are you perfect at your job 100%? Nobody is. Like, No. So <laughs> I, I love, like, catching those little little things. It's like an inside joke almost.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, do you That's guys want to comment on um Blaine's Blaine singing Control? Well, I mean, I, yeah,
1: I was Blaine,
2: Tina, and Artie. I mean, not Blaine, no, Tina, Blaine, Blaine Quinn, and Artie singing the song about Control. I think it's perfect. Like I... Those th- aren't three characters with you know, <laughs> <Contro-licious>? who... yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think this is the start of like, I. Like I was an fan fan um dumb back then, so I I don't know exactly, but I know that there was a period of time when there were a lot of fanfics and and meta and stuff that was coming out comparing Blaine with Quinn, mm-hmm. especially with like their their family issues, and this song yes. has that in it. So I, I I figure this had like was one of the reasons why that that came about. Yeah, it was. Especially Queen gets that that part at the opening. And the thing, knowing about the song,
2: so what it was, was Janet Jackson, she had done her two previous albums when she was a teenager. Not very many people really know them. Most people consider the Control album to be Janet Jackson's first album. But she had two albums previously, Dream Street and one was self-titled. And it was very teeny bopper-ish. And um, then she got the opportunity to work with Jimmy Jan and Terry Lewis who are known for um, being with, um, being a part of the time and working with uh, Prince and, and Morris Day and those guys. And she goes to Minnesota to work with them. And it's it's against her, her dad's wishes. You know, Joe Jackson was very controlling. And so Janet kind of, you know, she was very young and she went to Minneapolis to work with these, with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on this album and this song and the name of the album and the song is about that, about her saying, you know what, I'm an adult. I'm taking control of my career. I'm doing things the way that I want to do them. I'm going to, you know, this is me taking control of my life. And so knowing that, having that little bit of background, and then those three characters in particular, who really kind of struggle with having control, you know, mm-hmm. you see it more with Artie, I think, later on than we do at this point. But I like that those are the three characters that are singing the song.
0: Mm-hmm. It does make a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, it's per. It makes perfect sense.
0: I think it were. Yeah, for everything that you said, and I think it, it just fits so well. So it's kind of cool that even though this is a competition number that we can really a lot of times we don't get much out of the competition numbers, but this one we kind of can. I think.
2: Yeah, especially fitting for Quinn because again, Quinn was that you know she was on a path to kind of be what. Her parents and society kind of wanted her to be like the debutante, kind of, you know, perfect cheerleader girl. And this is, you know, she's taking control. This is where she decides that she's going to do, you know, do it my way as as the, you know, the part that she gets goes. So I think it's perfect.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, The third song in their set is uh, Man in the Mirror. And it's kind of a the boy bandish number, which I think is I love it so kinda much. cool. Oh <laughs> so do you know cute. what that just reminded me of I kind of forgot to mention that they they grabbed the guys in the band to sing for the you know the twelve members. And like I think it's Finn at the beginning of the set. It, or is like um you know what, all you have to do is just like sway in the background and try not to sing if possible or something like that. And then Blaine comes in and goes, No, actually do this. If
1: if you forget your your words, just move your mouth ma- move your mouth anyway. So yeah. Yeah, Blaine it Blaine is saying, Yeah, sing from your diaphragm and and Finn goes, Yeah, and if you forget the words, just move your mouth.
2: <laughs> what cracks me up is so these band guys have been there this whole time. They're in the performance and we still do not learn a single one of their names.
1: I know. And I I'm really sad there's not more like there or any fan fiction that is like from the point of view of the band. Like, I feel like that should have been a really, you know, good subgenre of glee fan fiction. I know, like, do
2: with the band the way what fandom like what fandom did with the warblers. Just assign these guys some names and some, you know, storylines to the point where we really think that that's who they were. Because the warblers Everything about the Warblers is, is Fannin, except for a couple of their names. Yeah. It would have been fun to see the same
1: thing with those band guys, because they're there, like, the whole time. Yeah, I really like the drummer for some reason. Like, it stands out, especially when they're singing um, the in fourth season, when they sing the Spice Girls. Yes, I was just about to say that, and he's, and like, he, rolling he, his he, eyes. Oh, God, time. yeah
0: he's so over but usually it. they're really into it enjoy it like they're not like bad i kind of love the one where they're in when it's revolution and tina's singing and they just stop in the middle because the bell rings and they're just like done they're like whatever you're gone <laughs> <We're out>. <laughs> <laughs> and tina's like wait guys
2: that's hilarious
0: <laughs> so they come back in and they're all really excited after their performance even though they haven't won anything yet and um this is a cute little blink-and-you'll-miss Kurt and Blaine have their arms wrapped around each other as they come in. and It's kind of cute. It's adorable. I love it. Yeah. And so then we get, you know, so I'm kind of glad there's no judges scene because I think after season two, the judges scenes, when they did do them, they didn't work very well. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad they cut that.
2: There was a fan theory. I can't remember if it's been debunked, but at this point in time, there was a fan theory that if we saw the judges We knew the results were going to be Like some The results were going to be like a big deal Like New Directions was going to lose or tie Or it was going to be something And if we didn't see the judges Then that's when it was a straightforward You know New Directions wins I'm trying to see I'm trying to remember if
0: that ever gets a It does because on. they win Nationals And the Nationals had a huge one With Perez oh, and yeah, Yeah, yeah. 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 Gross so, um, yep, we get, um, then we get New Directions winning, we get, I, I kind of like the quiet moment of the Trouble Toes like, loss, and then it gets shut down. Yeah. Um So, yeah. This was hard for me, because I was like, I,
2: I know the New Directions has to win, but damn, I would be really happy with another tie.
0: Yeah, but you knew they weren't going to... They- yeah, yeah, no. this was this whole episode is about ending the first arc of season three, and yeah. that's one of those arcs that like everything that was set up in the first eight episodes ends in this episode, and we get brand new stuff that has nothing to do with the first eight episodes. Moving on after this, so what I like about the troubletones is from that point on they get
2: their little moments in the competitions, but like all of the troubletones, like the background members, they're all at the wedding. Are they really and they perform? Yeah, they perform when the, when the mom... Oh, when they do the, oh, I'm so excited, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that's... I love that. They even brought Sugar back for it.
1: I, I really like... Um, I mean, in this episode, they decide to have the Trouble Tones always have a number, and they keep that up in um, the new, new directions. Like, the, the girls have a number.
0: I don't yeah, think it was involved. directly related to Trouble Tones, though.
1: But... But I still think, I don't know, I I feel it was a good, like, I always saw it as an homage to the Trouble Tones and the girls having a number, because that was an awesome number they did in the fourth season, the... um,
0: The regionals? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's, I'm like, when is the... Yeah, that's right, okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, On a bridge, or off a bridge, that some people I don't really care. didn't. Oh, Some people
2: care. were really, really mad about that because they thought it was un. Basically, the complaint was Kurt never gets a performance solo, but now Mercedes is essentially promised one in every competition. Was the reaction at the time?
0: You know, yeah. I have mixed feelings about Kurt singing because
1: I'm sorry, but Mercedes is better than Kurt, so that's like. I don't that's think my the opinion correlate. Baby, but... right? Yeah, I don't I, think Kurt's it's- not bad, obviously. Yeah. But, like, Mercedes is a star, and she's going to be a fu- future pop star, like, in the.
0: Well, no, here's my thing, and this is coming, again, as an unabashed Kurt fan. I know there are a lot of people who really are attached to Kurt's voice. I get that. I'm not going to downplay, and, like, you know, it's not my favorite aspect of the character, even if I really, really, really love his solos. However,. The thing that I've always really loved about Kurt's songs is that 99.9% of the time, they're very integrated yeah. into a story. And and he doesn't sing unless, you know, it is a part of his story. So to me, that makes them a little bit more special. Because on the other hand, you get somebody like, and as much as I love playing and Darren singing all the time, a lot of his songs were just songs. And By the end of season three, they called him Jukebox Blaine. Put a quarter in, get a song out. I don't, I've never really cared for these, you know, um, song wars because I think that yes, they might have been disproportionate in some ways, but at the same time, like, look at Artie, he gets a million songs, but he gets no storyline. So, yeah. I would rather take Kurt and his story over the high abundance of music that people got. So, that's just my two cents on that.
1: I agree, and I agree,
2: and I also think that because be, even if they wanted to try to work that in a competition the kind of songs that Kurt gets for his stories don't really fit in a comp- in a competition setting because their the focus is on Kurt and his story and his voice and it would literally just be the same as Rachel standing alone on a stage emoting yeah you know and making that a competition number and it wouldn't it wouldn't work the same way it doesn't work for her
0: Uh, It doesn't work for Rachel. Yeah, like we don't. It's so tiring to see Rachel stand on a stage and sing the same damn ballad that she sang every single time she does it. It's like, you know, I don't. I wouldn't want that for Kurt. I wouldn't want him to do that. So I don't need to have, you know, an album of emoting songs from him. So that's again. I know other people feel differently. That's fine, Um, but that is my two cents on that. So yeah, Yeah, I I mean, I I love
2: his voice, but it wouldn't work for me.
1: Yeah, I enjoy group numbers where the whole group is involved. Basically, honestly, that's how that's how I started to feel after a while. Like,
2: yeah, I love solos, and Blaine had a lot of them. But what brought me joy was the group numbers. That's probably why I love season four.
1: Me too. Too
2: is because there were so many oh my gosh, group numbers, and you get you get those fun interactions and moments between characters and group numbers that you just don't get with a solo.
1: Yeah. And a lot of the group numbers in season four too, didn't include a lot of like, they had people looking at people in ways, or they had certain people have a line of solo that spoke to their, um, to their situation. And I thought like, even those like they were group numbers. So they were like, Everybody's singing and and not really a part of the plot, but they were still kind of like advancing the plot a
0: little. yeah, yeah. well, and that's the thing. I think the problem with solos, um unless you know, and I think there are some people I think Kurt Mercedes sometimes willing to break away from this, but Rachel just doesn't. But when you see a solo, you have one person standing there singing. and visually, it's incredibly boring. And so a lot of times these group numbers are more visually interactive because you have people moving around, you have lots of dancing, you have maybe plot movement going on through them, and visually it's more entertaining. Now, I mean, like, you can always, there's, I'm not knocking Leah Michelle as a singer, she's gorgeous, but, you know, stick her on an album and, like, sit and listen to it, but I don't necessarily want to see that, you know, taking up five minutes of my screen time when I want to have the plot advanced, so...
1: I I was saying earlier ABC I consider a Tina solo even though it's not at all and it does like it's more interesting it, it does include other people it does have movement it, it's a really good song and it it's, uh, showcases other people but I still consider it a Tina song because she sings the majority of it. And further it loses its effectiveness in season one Rachel
2: standing on a stage singing I would get chills I'd be crying. You know, season two. You know, I you know, I feel something. But by the time we got to season three, especially at the end of season three, I felt like there was one in every single episode, and you don't feel anything anymore.
0: Yeah, especially when they don't give her another emotion to play. I mean, at least with like Kurt solos, I think were always really effective for me because there's a different emotion, or he kind of brings out different things when he sings. But just Rachel, for the love of God, does the same thing. Over, I over, feel over like again.
1: the only like Rachel solo that I really, really felt moved by was in season six, was uninvited. Well,
0: that that's a good one. But when she sings something that's not her traditional ballad, thing, I yeah. think her solo, her her very emotional solo in the quarterback was very effective oh because God, that was yeah. real. emotion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's when she's saying that this time at the end of this series, that was really effective. When Rachel gets solos that are not her just standing and whining on stage, they were amazing. But in season yeah. three, that's pretty much all we've gotten to this point. So, yeah. And it, it kind of bums me out because they overplayed it.
2: to the point where we get to choke And it's this gut-wrenching performance when she's saying I did cry and I felt nothing. Yeah, exactly. And that should have been, that should have moved me. That should have made me feel something because of what had happened to her. But because they overplayed that hand so much, it took away the emotion that I should have felt in that moment.
0: Wrapping it up a little bit though. um, We, we get the final group number, um, which is we are young. And it is fun. It's fun that the tones come and in, are integrated and everybody looks like they're having a great time and um, And it is by fun It is. It is <laughs> It's <laughs> fun. The first, it's the first song that I, I bought
1: uh, of the Glee songs It just got in my head No, second song, sorry. I bought um, uh, Dream On in the first season
0: but the first group number I guess so it's really cute. Kurt's wearing a hat and shorts with high leggings that he does a lot. Rachel's wearing a hat. Yeah. And Sam's oh, got a, a beanie on. <laughs> but it is it's cute and it's fun and it's kind of a nice ender for the you know the first because this is definitely the first arc of the the season and everybody's back together again and we're gonna go the middle of season three is not that bad so um, yeah. Except for the Spanish teacher. Yeah, except for the Spanish teacher. Has the dance with Kurt in the boots,
1: and it has Ricky Martin. But is it enough? And it has Ricky Martin. The thing
0: we're uh, we'll get there. There, there are moments in that episode, but overall, it's terrible. Um, is anything else that you guys want to touch upon before we wrap this up here?
2: No, I think um... we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, these are. I really like yeah. hold on to sixteen, but the other two episodes are really low points
0: for me. They really are.
1: Yeah, hold on well, I like mashup. I I, uh, I like the mashup in mash the mashup. The mashups, in the
0: mashups mashup. and mashup were really good. The actual storylines were a mess. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want to thank you guys for uh, coming and joining and talking to me about episodes that aren't really necessarily that great, but have a lot of little talking points to come and and talk about.
1: And one that is really great.
0: And one that, that is, is yeah. really 16,
1: great. Like, it's fun. Hold on to sixteen.
0: Is. It is a lot of fun One of
1: my favorites
0: It's on my top ten at least yeah. um, uh, So join us next Sunday When we uh, get into Christmas again And talk about Extraordinary Merry Christmas And uh, thank you guys for listening Last Friday
3: night,